Have you ever wanted to host a podcast but didn't know where to start? Anchor is here to help. With built-in recording and editing tools, Anchor has everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. The Anchor app lets you record or edit from wherever you are. You can record with people remotely and you can add songs from Spotify or the Anchor audio library right into your episodes. The best part about Anchor, in my opinion, is that they will distribute your episodes for you. The reason why you can listen to my podcast is because Anchor took care of the publishing. If you're looking to get started in the world of podcasting, visit anchor.fm. Um, so yeah, so Ka- Kathy is concerned about the content for... <laughs> Do we need to move? Do you mind? Do you mind? This is... I'd just be glad you're here when the fire alarm stopped. The fire alarm at the oh new God. building had been going off for four days straight. Are you serious? I wish I was kidding. Like, we get it. You're backing up. <laughs> it's fine. It's probably fine. Um, Maybe you so can tone it down in editing. It should be fine. Welcome back to the Pyramid, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. My name is Amanda. I'm your host every single week. Today, I have brought with me the love of my life, <laughs> the person who, if I feel like, if I, the person whose validation I constantly need, and if I don't have it, I cease to exist. Caitlin! Yay! <laughs> um, yes. Caitlin. Yes. So, y- let's talk first about your experience in the arts capital t capital a the arts yes the love of my life the arts truly and my cat (laughs) um so me and the arts let's see um longest relationship i've ever had Mm. me and the arts (laughs) honestly also probably one of the most toxic ones (laughs) truly also the most toxic um let's see i started my relationship with the arts back uh as a wee babe in the young days of schooling um i started doing choir and theater when i was i don't know like elementary school level um did national children's choir and then started doing theater when i was in elementary and kind of just have not stopped except for a break in college um i feel like everyone who's done an arts thing had a break in college yeah i think it was i think i think the my reasoning was like i was so hardcore like I did it nonstop. I did choir theater um I was never super like artistically like drawing inclined regrettably mm-hmm. that's one thing I wish I was better at um but you know just like so heavily invested and I even did it um like my church growing up did like films like we did like hardcore like had a filming studio and did like oh, wow. movies it was jam films wow. the guys who actually did blackbird theater ran like a film studio in our church and we made That's these insane. movies um shout out to like red green um and so we did those so i was very immersed in that and we ended up doing full productions of musicals at church so i was doing musicals at church musicals at school choir um under robert king which was oh i love robert king a he, grind he, like we were very much on that grind so all up in the arts and then um you know, I had that, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it in college and then kind of hit that block of like, I may not be good enough to like do this as a profession. To like do it. To do it. Yeah. And so then you like take that step back um, for college and you kind of reevaluate. And um, 
which is good. Mm-hmm. It was good to have a good break from that and to kind of step out of that mindset of grinding in the arts all the time. Um, and that was let me do other things, um, let me move into English and uh, actually let me explore that visual arts aspect more. Ended up getting um, involved in photography, which is really cool. Studied photography some is one of my just kind of like elective experiences Mm -hmm. and then um, got a degree in a minor in art history or did Mm -hmm. the first for a while. So Mm -hmm. got to explore the other art side spent a lot of time curating there at the Frest uh, as part of that internship and and minor and then became a teacher because when I left college, I wasn't sure quite what I wanted to do, got a teaching degree and then uh, ended up at the place where we work now. Mm -hmm. And um, through that, got back into the capital D arts with some theater and um, now spend a lot of time back both with uh with kiddos and with looking at the visual aspects of things and evaluating how to cultivate young performers and it's a whole different aspect having been a young performer and now helping cultivate young performers and the visuals of that and the logistics of that and picking and so it makes it um like picking who goes on stage and and picking Mm -hmm. those things so uh, it's very interesting to both have been that and then be on the other side of it and how that relates to kind of the concept of dance moms seeing it from this side. And, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's always been something there's, you know, like a constant thread of we're doing something creative, something artistic. Very much so. Even, even with the big break in college from what I had been doing as far as like theater and choir, it was, I had just transitioned over to, the photography and the art history mm-hmm. and looking at what visual art had done and how it had kind of shaped where we were going. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I can't think of a time from even when I was young that I wasn't somehow expressing and or engaging except for maybe when I started teaching um, and there was like a two year break. And that's when I think I finally was like, oh my goodness, like I have, I have to, to find yeah. an expression of some variety. I, have to do it again. I felt yeah. like I was drowning in just the the lack of expression and creativity. And I think that's where I, my, I just, my soul felt like it was like being sucked away. And I think that's true for a lot of artists. Like if you just can't, if you have no expression at all of it's any bad. artistic yeah. outlet, then it's bad news. It is. It's just bad news yeah. for your mental health, your physical health, all of the mm-hmm. above. So mm-hmm. whatever that expression is, you just gotta You have to have it. Yeah. What about your experience with dance moms? I have none. <laughs> I have literally well, okay, here's what I'll say. I I know who Maddie Ziegler is. Right. Uh, She's because super I, famous. The only reason she came on the scene was because I saw the CM music videos. So when Sia popped on the scene and everybody was like, have you seen this music video? This is crazy. This girl's dancing around the room. You're talking about like Chandelier. I'm talking about Chandelier. Like no context for her apart from the fact that like I knew of the show Dance Moms and Uh I had experienced it in my own life with moms of children that I had worked with. Like I was like, I relate to the concept because I have experienced mothers of people. Like, Mothers of performance. I was like, relatable people. content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had never watched the show. Right. I knew of the show because of Maddie Ziegler and the Sia videos. 
And my only cultural context in this day and age is Jojo Siwa, who I, in the past year because of TikTok, now she could punch me in the face and I would say thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so weird. Like, and I had, I knew of her before, but I knew of her in the context of like Justin Bieber making fun of her because she put her face on a car. And I was like, who cares? If I let this child live, I would put my face on a car too. Um, But I knew her because of the bows and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then I started, I guess, following her on TikTok, especially during right at the time, I think when she was coming out Mm -hmm. and I was very interested in this story and just the presence that she was holding. Yeah. You know, there's a clip. So Jojo Siwa doesn't show up in the show until way, way later down the line. Um, But there's a really interesting clip where the girl, all of the girls are sitting down for one of those like end of the season recap specials that Lifetime does and they sit down with the host and the host asks them questions and stuff. It's like at the end of one of the seasons. And, you know, young children, young children and their what will turn into romantic and sexual preferences. That's a very touchy subject, right? Because how much do kids know about the kind of people they have a crush on and like, how do we talk? Like, that's a very touchy subject. Um, And it's interesting because she makes a comment about something like, well, all I want to do is spend time with these girls. And I, I don't even, and she says something like, I don't even really care about boys. And she's like, I don't know, like seven or eight. And it's just interesting to see Very that thought pattern as a young child of like, why would I want to hang out with a boy? And, and that is all it is when you're sure. a kid. And then when you get to be older and you realize, oh, I really don't want to do anything with boys, a- anything, anything with boys. Well, and that combined with the amount of pressure she was under to be a role model. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> for days. For days <laughs> yeah. and days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I think following her for the past year, seeing her her journey, seeing even just her um, on Dancing with the Stars, which I don't watch Dancing oh, with the Stars, yeah. but I was a my So my dance experience with reality TV, I am a huge, huge So You Think You Can Dance fan. Oh, really? I have watched every season of So You Think You Can Dance. <laughs> I love that. I truly have believed at parts of my life that I can dance, You're like, which I, can do I that. cannot. <laughs> I have no context for it, but I understand the dance language. Uh-huh. Um, I took dance when I was little for many years, but um, never like was good at it. I have a complete lack of coordination in my body um, just because I proportionally grew very tall, very fast, and <laughs> was like a puppy. Um, so... I have watched that. And so when she was on it, Jenna, her partner, is mm-hmm. someone I watched go through So You Think You Can Dance on her first oh, run. So my yeah. like heart was like expanded in yes. this world of like, all I want is for Jenna and Jojo to win. And so it was yeah. very cool for me to see that. But like my context for Dance Moms only exists in Jojo Siwa. Jojo Siwa and Maddie and Ziegler. And understanding the premise of the show. And I mean, now yeah. my like for you page has them. And so I get like random, mm-hmm. like Nia will pop up and like random yes. ones that I'm like, I think I should know who you are. And yeah. I guess in like the past couple of months, there's been a resurgence of their mm-hmm. boss lady yes. video trend yes. that they've all been like remaking. Yeah. Um, so I've seen some of them, but other than that, I I got that's got it. Nothing got until nothing. like the past hour <laughs> yeah. as the first episode <laughs> right. I've ever seen. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. No, I love that. I um I love watching this show with people who've never watched it before because it truly is so 
uh, it's such a jarring experience Truly. to to have never seen the show before, and then all these moms are suddenly screaming at each other. It's just like a very wild experience for everybody who's never seen it before. Yeah, and honestly, the moms like the mom behavior to me was 100% exactly what I expected it to be. And right. they did not shock me. I have many, many thoughts and feelings about Abby Lee Miller. Good. As you should. Uh, As you should. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Before we get into the episode, mm -hmm. talking about the, the pyramid yes. of the world. Do you have anything for the bottom, the, the trash I, level things we don't like in the world right now? I 100% do. I got? have I have one that's like a hardcore one and then I have yeah I'll just start with that. So so I don't know if if people in the world are aware of this. Um currently in the state of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um there <laughs> we are going we have regressed to like yes. 19 yeah. I don't even know. Like 30s, 40s and we're probably straight, the 1800s. I mean, no doubt. We're <laughs> like, like burning everything. Yeah. We not only are banning books, we right. are burning them. Right. So Fahrenheit uh, 451 kind truly, of stuff. Truly. I texted yeah. that to another friend of mine. Um and I was like, "We are we're What's straight happening? up." Yeah. So in McMinn County, Tennessee, uh-huh. They have banned Mouse, the graphic novel Mouse. depicting oh, um the Holocaust novel. from a perspective mm. of the um I, I don't want to misspeak on this but it's essentially it's cats cats and mice sure and it's depicting the holocaust oh, like an allegory like an allegory yeah. and i have both read it mm -hmm. and have kept it um in my classroom mm -hmm. as a teaching tool because i have taught eighth grade before now mm -hmm. which is when typically Anne frank is taught right. within a curriculum right um an english curriculum and it has been banned um, in McMinn County, Tennessee, from the eighth grade curriculum. So not so. Part A is that um, enough that the like, and it's become big enough news. Like we've got the New York Times running articles on it. Oh no! Actual, not again. <laughs> there's not a again. lot of trauma for us right now regarding um, no. that. The creator of Mouse has actually made a statement on it about us, and was basically like, "You nice. should spend more time." reading books and less time paying attention to what books people are reading anyways that's it's, part a yeah. part b mm -hmm. um just a couple miles down the street mountain juliet tennessee mm -hmm. there is a um a, a leader of a church that had are you a, talking about the patriot church yeah that had a full-on book burning party of which books twilight <clears throat> harry potter <gasps> And anything else regarding witchcraft We're back and whatnot. there. And I was like, so are interesting. We, first of all, what are we trying to do? Are you trying to yeah, burn them? The are you just trying to incite a bunch of enraged, depressed millennials? Yeah. Because you're the, just you're just going game to here? like we don't have any like as millennial, as yeah. somebody who already is nihilistic and yeah. truly I got nothing left to yeah. live for. Mm -hmm. Why Except, are you burning my books? Yeah. Why? Except these child <laughs> We already nostalgic, lived this the first yeah. time. I already have enough shame about reading Harry Potter the first time yeah. at an oppressed school. Yeah. Like, please don't. Don't do it again. Because I will fight you. Yeah. It's so interesting to me the way that that church, I think it's called the Patriot Church. I think, right. I think that's the name of it. And I, like, I just don't understand what the logic is and what the purpose is because from what i have seen 
in their like content in their public image they don't really care about god it's not really a church no. it's a political organization right. i don't know so, it's just weird so to that me that opens the gateway it. right to other right. counties that are right. now taking notes taking notes mm-hmm. and finding things like should we be banning um things about like ruby bridges or oh, yeah. MLK or anything else like that that makes us uncomfortable right right so the fact that we have now opened the door to having this conversation again about should we be censoring literature makes me feel as a professional who teaches children mm-hmm. literature mm-hmm. how are how have we stepped back into this place where the worldview that we're in needs to be instead of widening it that we're we're pendulum swinging back we're actively closing it actively right. closing it we're back in fahrenheit 451 mm-hmm. movement and that to me is so terrifying mm-hmm. as just for so many reasons that it makes me want to just like tap out totally right? totally because Makes me it, honestly st- stuff like this makes me not want to live in the South anymore. Truly, because like, what's going on? What are y'all doing like out what? here? It's also my question for people who participate in any sort of like object burning. What do you think you're doing? Because and I, this was the same thing when all of that um, Colin Kaepernick when when Colin Kaepernick a couple years ago was was selected to be the face of nike and nike was running this really nice campaign about you know sometimes you have to risk it all sometimes you have to step outside of the game you know and that was their whole thing and colin kaepernick was the face of that and a lot of dude bros on the internet were like cutting up their nike socks or burn and i'm like what do you think you're doing because if you really don't support nike you've just bought a pair of af1s to throw in a campfire nike already has your money Right. What do you and, think you're and doing? Something similar is happening. Just happened like a week or two ago with Carhartt. I don't. Oh, because they're requiring vaccines right. for their employees. And, and yeah. so I was listening to someone who said, "Are you not aware that Carhartt A was is made in Mexico? <laughs> it's sourced out of Mexico. Yeah. Right. So if you're doing it because you're like America, A Shut all up. created yeah. outside of it, and they yeah. were cutting it up. And somebody was like, "Okay, cool. Um, I have a bunch of children who have to go stand outside with no coats for their buses. So if you're going to throw away your Carhartt, can I a, have can I have it? Because <laughs> yeah. I have kids, I would love to put in coats. Also, you could sell that stuff on Depop Truly. and make. Bank and then another guy was like, "Do you know how much this costs? Please give yeah. me your Carhartt. Yeah, I run literally. through pairs of overalls all the time for my job. So if That's you're going to so go burn stupid. it, just like give it to me. Like you're doing effectively the same thing to the business as if you." As if you did that, as if you bought it and you gave it away to somebody. Like the the company doesn't care what you think. And the thing I saw this and I retweeted it. I rarely, I rarely engage. You're like never on Twitter, yeah. But the thing that I saw to to end that bottom note was somebody was like they were they were going out and they were buying copies of Mouse to give to the library, and they were like, "That's that's great, love that. Let's get more exposure." But they were like, you know, that's not as effective as going out and running for school board. Mm-hmm. we don't need yeah. more copies of mouse we need people to stand up and be on a school board mm-hmm. that says this should have never taken place in the like in the first it place. should have never passed right. to be an issue that is causing this we should have stopped it we sooner. should have stopped it mm-hmm. ahead of time we should be educating people we should be saying this should never get towards that to the place where we should even hear about it. I saw something else on Twitter, or maybe it was, I can't remember where it was, it doesn't matter. Somebody said, before, when we start banning books, before we start gun reform, 
we're telling our children that we are afraid of them learning, not of them dying. Correct. And that is so true. I don't care if somebody shoots you at school. That parent has the right to buy an AK-51 and give it to their... That that doesn't bother me. You learning about the Holocaust, that bothers me. Like, I don't understand... I, I just don't get it. I just don't understand, period. It's, it is. It's insane. Absolutely. And we do have some international listeners, some people that listen to this podcast from different mm-hmm. countries. America's crazy. America uh, is absolutely insane, especially yeah. now. It's always been crazy, but like, especially right now. Like, what are y'all doing? It's just, that's embarrassing too. Mm-hmm. You know, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, particularly in the South, will, you know, trace back their lineage and say things like, yeah, I had a great, I had a great, great, great whoever, whatever that owns slaves. And that's really embarrassing for my family. And it should be. That is embarrassing. Um, also, now you're going to be the embarrassing ancestor who burned a copy of a book because your feelings were hurt. You know what? Like, you're becoming the embarrassing ancestor for your lineage. Should we make it that long? I can't imagine. It's just so, hey, that is embarrassing. It's baffling. It's me. embarrassing. It's my bottom of the pyramid thing is a lot more lighthearted. That's <laughs> but totally it does have to do with the I internet. I know at what level. So I was just trying to think of what is no, the it's worst. Great. And I was no. like, I was upset about it's that. It's totally good. No, that deserves advocate. to be on the bottom. Um, I, the bottom of the pyramid is any target or goodwill that's not where I am. Allow me to explain. Period. Because on the internet especially on tiktok people will be like walk or run don't walk to your local target and they have and their like dollar spot is like miles long Mm -hmm. and it is stocked the target that's by my house and you know that the target that's Mm -hmm. by my house it has nothing yeah it's it is bare and the goodwill that's like around here they have nothing people are like oh i found these really cute like home accent things i thrifted Mm -hmm. them again what and i we live in the wealthiest part of our state how is it that my retail experience is so subpar it drives me nuts so there's a target that is like this one right here well there's one right beside where we are right now yeah and there's one that's 15 miles south of yes the one that's like 15 miles south of me yes it. it's popping but that's it's like an hour from my house it is so like it's a commitment so when i used to live south of here Uh uh-huh it, it is that a totally it. different experience. I go to that one and it has all that stuff. All it that has stuff. everything that so everybody jealous. finds. Yeah. But this one right here, not it. No. I and go the in one here by and where I nothing. live is even worse. It truly is. It's so frustrating because I want, like, I, I don't know. It's not even that I want to buy everything all the time. But, like, sometimes when I have a really bad day at our job, I just like to walk around stores. Yeah. I'll just, like, walk around a Target. And I won't buy, not always buy anything. But I want to listen to a podcast and be around people because I'm an extrovert, but I don't want to talk to anybody because I don't want to talk to anybody. So I just like to be like, oh, I'm out of Clorox wipes. Let me go into a Target. But when all the shelves are bare, it makes me somehow like feel some more sad that like nothing is sacred anymore and even target is out of everything and i hate it and also goodwill people are like oh i got i got all these things and i was thrifting that what goodwill are you going to my goodwill is not that way i saw a girl on tiktok who went into her goodwill um i think she was like in michigan or something and she came out with a ysl purse and i was like you and i are not the same (laughs) we do not live the same life (laughs) and and again we live in in yes yes and it's not that we are necessarily no 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 do that but just like but the other people around us the other people around us could be getting a rid of YSL. they could be the person who donated the ysl purse to the goodwill but they aren't but we're not finding it 
Now, I hate it. I, to be fair, there are also <laughs> lots of young people around us who are very much so into that, like, I've thrifted it aesthetic. So maybe they're going and getting. That has to be what it is. The stuff prior to when we can do it. But yeah, I don't know. But I will say the the target that is down the road from us yeah. is a super target. So maybe there is oh, a difference between. Maybe. There is a space I and it's like organized it by like brand. Yeah. So it's like the wild fabled section and like all of this. I'm wondering yeah. if there's just a spatial aspect to Probably. it. Probably. And the one that's that's right by my house is also right off the interstate. And it's in it's a squad of like a bunch of restaurants and a bunch of mm-hmm. other things. So it's a very highly trafficked place. Like there are people in it constantly. And so I think that also something to do I with it. I actually have a story about that. Like a personal story about that target. Go for it. Are you ready for it? Yes. So, okay. When I was in school. Uh-huh. Um, what kind you mean like high school or college like like middle and high school Uh so i i grew up um i went to a private school and um i was i was in a world where i (laughs) feels very much so like like a tv show i (laughs) went to a private school but was not a private school kid right like all the people around me came from a lot of like wealth and privilege and whatnot and i was like you're the girl you're um (laughs) what's her face and gossip girl the, isn't isn't there one of them that's not as rich as the others? It's, I mean, it's Dan, but oh, the dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I was, yeah. Anyway, so I, not to say I was like Dan, based to the rest of the world. I, yeah. Anyways, but so my my boy, my middle school boyfriend, my very first boyfriend, his dad was a lawyer, and a the girl, like it girl in my grade, her dad was a property developer, mm-hmm. and that land had not been developed. And the property developer wanted oh, to put the target there. Uh-huh. But my very first boyfriend's dad was like, no, his company or whoever, his <gasps> client uh-huh. did not want that. And they, we were in the same grade. And so it was this big, long thing <gasps> that they were like at odds. And then, of course, they brought the it to school. Yeah. And so it became this like thing that everybody was like unspoken, like these two families, like the what dads were like going against problem. Truly <laughs> private school problems. Obviously, it ended up winning and the target was and the there. Target was there. Yeah. Everybody rejoiced and it was wonderful because there was finally a target right um but yeah it was like a, a weird thing within my grade that like that, is that we were all kind of aware that we were like we all wanted the target but it was also like this unspoken weirdness that like, was happening. i'm sorry for your loss yeah, yeah that's insane okay what do you have for the middle of the pyramid okay so i i know in the world right now there's a lot of controversy about the olympics and I, there is there is there <laughs> truly not is. know so i didn't know not if, paying attention I, know, I don't know if you okay so there's a lot of controversy about the olympics because they're being hosted in beijing and there's a huge human rights controversy about it oh. enough that there's a diplomatic boycott from the united states and multiple other countries where they're not sending dignitaries to beijing where Whoa. they normally would like the bidens are not there etc because sure. they don't want to contribute to the political fanfare and it's all oh. based on a minority ethnic group a muslim ethnic group that they there that is in china that's in china and there are okay. allegations of essentially genocide from Whoa. the chinese government entity that they are that they're trying to kill all the muslims of this particular big american ethnic, energy <laughs> particular ethnic group right Yikes, gotcha so that's kind of the background and i'm very much so oversimplifying it sure. for your listeners but right it there's been a lot of coverage on it so gotcha the athletes are there but there's multiple human rights violations etc so there's a lot of people boycotting the games Mm -hmm. i one thing about me at my core is i 
freaking love the Olympics. Like I, I, this is like how men felt about the Joker. I feel about the Olympics. Like I yeah. wait, like I yeah. clear my whole schedule. I have the like, thing you guys printed don't even know out. anything about the Olympics. Like, I change my ringtone every year to the Olympics when it's on. Wow. Like I am, it is in my I soul. I love that for you. So last night was the opening ceremony. Yes. Um, And when it, 2008, when Beijing hosted the original Olympic ceremony, uh, their the summer olympics mm-hmm. they had this incredible opening ceremony yeah i remember it and, yeah and there is actually a um a director like a film director who is the kind of the showrunner and had mm-hmm. this vision it had all these drummers and so i have been waiting for an opening ceremonies mm-hmm. to match that that right since then right because i am spectacle based i am yes. i am vision i am all of that that's just how i operate i'm an enneagram four for anybody who cares like i am i am big picture visuals and so i last night was like you know what i just am ready to see what beijing brings back to the mm-hmm. table on just for the the artistic element of it because sure um uh, the the visuals of that culture to me are just so vibrant in a way oh, that yeah. so many other cultures namely um, us namely us <laughs> struggle we are with not. at times you know what i mean sure. because there's such a history there and such yeah. a tradition as far as like their presentation apart, is very uh, important from their presentation yes. of who they are as a people yeah um there's just so much and so it opened with this really cool montage and and from the get-go i was like oh, i just love there's do they have such a rich like um landscape and environment mm-hmm. to pull from um and there's symbology and it, it the opening of the games on the second actually aligned with the first day of um the lunar new year right yes. so all of this was leading up and i was like pumped and i was ready and i was like let's yeah, yeah, do yeah, it yeah, and yeah. so um it was okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so much of it, it I happened. understand, <laughs> has to do with COVID, right? So the, the the stadium not full, Ugh, um, which is such truly that makes such a difference. It really does. And so the stadium not full, the amount of performers obviously cut back. They mm-hmm. focused a lot on kids, which in and of itself really kind of propaganda based about yeah. children being of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of it there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also been this huge trend as far as Olympic opening ceremonies where we're pulling back from the spectacle of people and we're relying a lot on technology. So like the whole floor sure. is LED, which we've seen in multiple opening ceremonies since then. There were a couple of moments with some lasers that I thought were cool on this big ice blocks, but overall it was okay. Yeah. Um, and even so it all culminated and I was really hoping that like the winter Olympics cauldron has always been this like kind yes. of like side like you always look at it and you're like, man, you're just not the summer Olympics cauldron. So the past three have always been weird. And like last one at Sochi, it was like this really strange or not Sochi, Pyeongchang was this like weird, like, I don't know. It looked like a robot thing from like an animated feature. I don't know. It was strange and it made me uncomfortable. And so this one, I was like, okay, maybe they'll do something. And so I was really excited because they had this giant, if you look it up, it's like this giant snowflake looking thing. And I was like, that's really beautiful. I'm excited for, and they were like, they're going to incorporate the snowflake Mm -hmm. into the cauldron. And Mm -hmm. so they had this giant snowflake and you can see in the snowflake, they have the tiny snowflakes that were the actual country names that they're holding when they walk in, they hold the country names and they're these snowflakes that are like neon signs. And so they're holding them and they incorporated them into this giant cauldron looking snowflake and i was like this is going to be really cool i'm pumped for this and so they walk so they're building this up it's in the middle middle and they do the final torch relay around the outside 
and they're going and they're going. And the final two, A, they hand it to the final two torchbearers. And one of them is like an athlete from China. And the other athlete is one of the, is an athlete from the ethnic group that they are, that is currently being. Like being oppressed. Right. And so they're A, just throwing in that propaganda like it's like nobody's business. Right. Which we had been warned about by the analysts ahead of time. So then they walk up and they put. So wait, 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 pause. So there's a group in China that is being oppressed. Yes. And there was someone from that group a part of this opening ceremony. Yes. So this is a good thing. It is to an extent. So sure. So watching the coverage on NBC, they have um, they had two. They have a Yale professor, mm-hmm. a female professor from Yale, who's um, I believe of Chinese descent. She is sure. of Asian descent, so I believe she was speaking about um, like she has a lot of like her whole job is speaking about this and right. professing professing teaching about it. And then a former um, a former editor of for like Bloomberg about. Mm-hmm. China and he was there and they were speaking a lot about how we should expect as viewers for there to be lots of propaganda from China about how there is no genocide. There is nothing. They're like, they're covering it up. Oh yeah. Okay. Now I'm with you. So this was, this is bad. This was a move of like, we're incorporating. You can see that there is nothing Obviously there's no problem. Right. So I'm with you now. Got it. We love that there was representation however but not token not somebody this. somebody like <laughs> not equated like it to being like imagine like yeah it was it it was like imagine being forced to do that while also knowing that your people group is being yeah risky. well like, and very, it, there was like a time when like during the biggest um like m- historical moment of the Holocaust that the Olympics were in Germany. Correct. And uh, the whole time it was so, there was so much cover up of like, this isn't happening here. Right. This, there's no Nazis so, here. So at the same time, <laughs> side point at yeah. all this is happening. Uh, Vladimir Putin is in the audience last night. Yeah. And Yikes. the Ukrainian athletes had to walk in. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Have died. So there's all this, there's <sighs> all this political tension happening. Right. Sure. So, so they go to put this, torch in this cauldron in the cauldron and mm-hmm. so everyone's expecting it to like go in and then the snowflake to just like light up as this amazing like, cauldron uh, yeah they put the torch in and they put the torch in and the snowflake just rises up and all it is is like a normal olympic torch that they set in and it's like a candle holder so like I, was that on purpose i think so i'm gonna Ooh. pull up a picture for you because like it was very much so you expected this moment of like this torch was going to turn into this beautiful thing. Uh-huh. And it and straight it up didn't. just looks like you put like a tiny tea light in a, in in this thing. And so it was like, I, I don't know. It felt very anticlimactic and it felt very much so like, okay. Uh, We're okay. doing this. <laughs> so it's, you, is that the candle in the middle? Yes, that's the torch in the middle. And so you put the torch in into the interior of the snowflake, this giant snowflake, and then the torch like, is just there. It's, it's just, just there. Torching. And I guess it's just going to be illuminated in the middle. And then the snowflake is the giant cauldron, whereas normally you light it and then there's this like, huge, massive yeah. cauldron that lasts the whole games. So it was very much so like, okay, I understand, but also. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why like everything about yeah. the game, like the ceremonies last night was just okay it was like okay and also okay with a question mark 
Right. Like <laughs> I see, but I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that. That's a it good very, thing to put in the middle. Yeah, it was very yeah. perplexing. The thing I have for the middle is cheese. Just How in general. Cheese in the middle for you. I love cheese. I, I love cheese, butter, and bread. I mean, I, the, main food groups. The, the reason why I'm thick is not because of sweets. It's because of bread, cheese, and As butter. That's what it is. However, sometimes when I get too excited and I eat too much cheese, it really hurts my stomach. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. As someone with stomach with chronic stomach problems, Literally. you understand that struggle. Look. But it just made me sad. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And then like the next night, I'm like, I think I'm I think this is it. I think I'm gonna die. I think I'm gonna lose enough electrolytes and I'm gonna die. You're either hot That's it. or you can eat anything you want. <laughs> you <laughs> like, these are the only options. True. In life. So it's in the middle because it's so tasty, but it, it upset my stomach. I'm so sorry. Was there a particular cheese? <laughs> it was. It was this cheese from, or p- it was pizza from. I think California Pizza Kitchen, mm. and it's a white top pizza. So it's a bunch of different kinds of cheese. Got you. So it was just, and it's very like it's just very heavy, is what it is. You know, you know what I mean, like. I do. I do. That was so good. I'm like, I don't. Uh, and there are uh, like points in my life where I'm like, I don't care. You know, I if I am going to eat this cheese, and I will pay the consequences later on. That's future Amanda problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. It's like I, I have to deal with that later. Look, they when I had to go off all my different foods, mm-hmm. one of them was dairy, and I legitimately was like, I will. You can take me off of anything you want, but I have to I have, have to cheese. have it. But I, you also, I remember your the the doctor you were saying it was uh, added coffee to the list, and you were like, be straight with me. Am I like gonna die Truly. if I have it, or like can I have it and just like have a rash? Yeah, I I legitimately asked. I was like, so what are the consequences the of this scale? action? I was like, am I going to like, like is my heart going to like explode? Like, am I gonna have a rash? Yeah. Am I going to like what? Like what? What are we talking? The, what is yeah. the level? Because yeah. there are sometimes when sure. it's worth it. No, I'll just be sick the next day. It's like, fine. I am not supposed to have gluten. One time I was at a place where like my favorite food is beer cheese and a warm pretzel mm-hmm. because like that's just the german in me right and i legitimately looked at it and i was like you know what it's, it's worth, worth it. it yeah was i immediately sick afterwards within five minutes <sighs> i absolutely had massive stomach <laughs> problems and was like i want to physically like die. i was the blueberry <laughs> girl from willy wonka but yeah those Five minutes prior, <laughs> ecstasy. it was for <laughs> ecstasy. I knew so a guy. <laughs> this was so funny. I knew a guy in college who was allergic to peanuts, like mm-hmm. had an EpiPen allergic to peanuts, but he had never had a Reese's peanut butter cup. And he was like, "It's worth it." And he ate it and was like, "Wow, this is really good." And then his like, and his leg. face started to puff up, and he stabbed himself yeah. in the leg. He was like, "I have," and there he was like, "I'll times. never eat it again." But I have to know. I understand what that it's on like. a visceral level. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Um, what you got for the top? Okay. In Kanto. Oh, that is so interesting. On my episode with Meredith, she put that in the middle. Really? Because, well, and her reasoning was because she really enjoyed it, but it was just so emotional. And yeah, the that. song that she identifies with the most is her son's favorite, Surface Pressure. So all he does is want to listen to it. And she's like, if you listen to this one more time, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> but That's anyway, hilarious. continue. <laughs> so I, I... You know, I, as a, as a person who has a lot of feelings all the time mm-hmm. about everything, mm-hmm. I have found, you and I had a conversation a while ago mm-hmm. about which song I identified with the most. And oh, as yeah, I go sisters. back and listen to it, I cannot pick. 
Interesting. I, almost every single song, there's uh-huh. a piece of it that I relate to. Sure. And I think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the only character I don't feel like I relate to is Mirabelle. That is the one that I identify with I know, which is so most. fascinating to yeah. me. Um, but I, you also include Bruno in, in your consideration. You're not much. just the three sisters. You're also including the brother. I also relate to Peppa. Like, I relate... Who's Peppa? Which the, one? The aunt that does the weather. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So her yeah, yeah. emotions create weather. Yes. I relate to Louisa. Yes. Um, just with the pressure of that, the first child yeah. as the eldest child and the most syndrome. responsible child and most responsible. <laughs> i relate so much to um oh why am i blanking on her name the um, one with the flowers the flowers with yeah. just that idea of always having to make beautiful things and make things beautiful yeah. with, with the cactus like her song oh. just like the spiky yeah. things about me as a person mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to deal with sure um i relate so much to Bruno and that yeah. people don't want to too much too much I'm too much yep, for too a lot much. of people um yeah and so I just there's a lot within those but more than that what I love about it is um within our job I have there have been times recently where I have had um a lot of um I've had to entertain uh sure and yeah it has the way it captures the attention of just such a broad audience mm-hmm. like i it, it it covers all genders it covers all ages mm-hmm. and the story i think is just such a relatable story mm-hmm. because it has so many different characters yeah. with so many different perspectives right um that it it's so it just very much so is so relatable to to so many people i think and mm-hmm. the music i think is good in it but not like not like it's a revelation i just think it's catchy yeah. I think it's catchy music. Well, you know who point. wrote the music? Oh, well, it's Lemon Well. You know what I mean? Know. Yeah. And so it's not like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever heard, but it's just like, it's catchy yeah. to the point where it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think visually, it's a beautiful movie. And yeah. It, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And for me, yeah. I'm constantly trying to um, expose uh, my, my charges to. Um, other cultures and other oh, perspectives. Oh, yeah, charges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, your wards, my wards, yeah. other cultures and perspectives, and uh, it's an easy way for me to do that uh, under the guise of entertainment. Right. So totally. Just even just the language, the tone, the costumes, all of it. I think for me is a it's a it's a beautiful thing to do, and yeah. I think, um, you know, it's a it's been a good bright spot. Yeah. To kind of follow up some of the some of the darkness that's been I, happening i also think that disney recently has started to make movies that are entertaining to a younger audience mm-hmm. but meaningful to an older sure you know what i mean like i think recently that like disney is making stuff for the millennials that grew up with the little mermaid and yeah. beauty and the beast and it's stuff that like today's kids think is entertaining but it really resonates with the people like you and me who grew up with that kind of stuff yeah. i mean my mom is a therapist and i said you need to watch encanto because somebody's gonna come to you and be like hey i really relate to yeah. surface pressure and you need to know what's going you on you need with to that. yeah so <laughs> i think it just yeah. opens the door for those conversations totally you know what i mean like if yeah. you can if that's your entry into having like being like oh man i really relate to louisa or i really we should go to unpack this. that yeah yeah it's a good tool to mm-hmm. like if you are crying in the middle of that song 
and that's your breakthrough let's unpack like, it like points to disney for that yeah truly um the thing i have for the top is also like film related have you i know you're not a true crime person and i am i'm a true crime person and a documentary person i love both of those things but i really enjoy true crime through the lens of not hate crimes or sure. not violence to women like i started to watch um the michelle mcnamara piece um i'll be gone in the dark about the east area rapist and it was the golden state killer is mm -hmm. his, his new name and i just couldn't get through it it was yeah. just a lot you know but there is a documentary on netflix that's called the tinder swindler you have got to watch I, it i know about her who which is one this, wait is this no tinder swindler the the actual criminals a dude Okay, never mind. That's not what I'm thinking. Okay. No, so it's a it's a squad of women who I can't remember who we start with. There's one woman that we start with. She talks about meeting a guy on Tinder. He wants to, and she talks about like I. She says like I go on Tinder dates all the time. So it wasn't something that I you know was new to. Like I've been on it for a long time. Um, and she wanted to go on this date with this dude who like this like second or third day was like talking about going on a trip and that he was related to the LLD diamond family. And he's like this like, executive, whatever. And she was like, and she's th th all of this is happening outside of the U S it's all happening in the Ukraine or Russia. One of I it's, I cannot remember. It's lots of different places. That's kind sure. of how he gets away with this is because he moves around all the time. Um, but he takes her on these like really fancy dates and he gets on a private jet with his bodyguards and his staff and like all these people and they like go to these places and she's looking for these apartments that are like millions of dollars and they're like falling in love and whatever and then you find out that the the funds for this like fake life that he's built up come from another woman who he's also currently dating and he's telling her that there's been a security breach in his company and he can't use his cards and so he needs this other woman to take out a loan for him and then it, so he keeps doing this to people like constantly to, well not to people to women where he'll date a woman and then he'll be like i'm going on a business trip and on that quote unquote business trip, he's meeting another woman and then he gets stuck and he's like, it's a security problem, whatever, whatever. I need money to get out of the thing that I'm in. Send me money. And the money that you send to him, he's using it to swindle another woman. Okay. This sounds exact. Okay. So, okay. So there's another series that's happening. That's the girl of this, but she's really? real. And she was, no, this is real too. No, I know, but she's, um, I just read about her whole article um and julia there's an actress Ju and she's in ozark do you know what i'm talking about the girl no. julia hold on do hold not on, know who i'm talking about um oh, i gotta look up who's in ozark but the 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 reason why this is at the top of the pyramid isn't because of him i i got like really teary-eyed at these women because in the end he gets arrested because he's been defrauding people he doesn't do very much time in prison he's out now he you know it's not i mean he's a He's got like the like the hot guy privilege of like being convicted, but not really. He only does five months instead of fifteen, so it's like, did he really even get punished? You know, it's right. that kind of stuff. Um, but they are. It's just so empowering to watch them. And what's even crazier is that like as these women are figuring out what's going on, they're able to loop in the woman he is currently in the dating <laughs> phase with, Ooh. and they and so, like a reporter for one of the like eastern european magazines 
sends this girl a Facebook message and says, I think you're currently on a date with a guy who's going to like defraud you out of millions of dollars. Please work with us. Please work with the police so that we can put this guy behind bars. But he had been dating her for like over a year. So underneath all of these like months long, like flings, he had this one constant girlfriend and it had been really, really getting her. He had gotten all these other women for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh He'd gotten gosh. her for like almost half a million. Can you it imagine? Was, it was emotional insane. damage. Truly. And so she, my favorite part about her is that she, this, this woman that he's been dating the longest realizes what's going on and so he's like i have to go on another business trip i'm leaving and she's like yeah okay whatever and so when he's leaving she says like well what you should do i'll keep she knows that he dresses in all these really nice designer clothes it's like his whole thing she's like let me have your clothes and i will like take them and get them cleaned or whatever she packs up all of his stuff she moves and she starts selling his designer clothes so he has nothing by the time he gets back he has all of the stuff in his house his clothes it's gone she sold everything and in the interview talking about this her phone rings and it's an offer on like a gucci suit that she's put up for sale she's like i just got a notification that someone wants to buy his suit (laughs) like she is and so the people at the top of the pyramid are women who are in these documentaries who like get the guy absolutely the bad guy they're like i cannot believe this happened to me I am going to, you know, use my story and get it out there so that people know this guy that you swiped right on and he's trying to take you on like a private airplane. Do not do it. He's going to loop you in. At West Elm Caleb. At West Elm Caleb. Truly. So it's there. Those people are incredible. And so they're at the top of the pyramid for me. Um, It's called Inventing Anna. And is this a real out, story? Yes, it's coming oh. out February 11th. Um, Julia Garner is the girl who's in it. It's on Netflix. And she did the exact same thing, except she was this, I guess she was, um, I don't know. The girl's name is Anna Del- Delvey. She's Eastern European. And she basically pretended to be an heiress and came to New York. Whoa. And like, was in the party <laughs> scene in New York. And was on TV. She Right? Like, is that what you're saying? Or is, no, or they're no. making, they are... They are. They have adapted her story into a oh, miniseries starring Julia Garner, starring a girl who's in a yeah. Okay, gotcha. But it's um, Shonda Rhimes is the one that's producing oh, it. I love Shonda Rhimes. But this is like it's a there. I read her whole like wow. actual story. She was tried and convicted. She's like money laundering all the stuff. She like wow. she got loans from banks to open up a club and do all this stuff. Oh all gosh. of the New York party scene. Yeah, like was with she was photographed in magazines. Everybody believed she was an heiress. Yeah. All this stuff. But yeah, same kind of concept. Ugh. February 11th on Netflix. I love that. So yeah. Um, are you ready to talk about this episode? Let's do it. First okay. episode of Dance Moms I've ever watched. <laughs> Truly. Okay, so this is episode six. It's called Dying to Dance, a very tasteless name, might I add. Mercy. Um, it aired on August 17th of 2011. Um, Which is baffling to me. I genuinely why? thought it, this oh, was... Oh, because you thought it was older? I Based on the fashion that was presented to me, I yeah. thought this was like, like 2005. 2005. Well, and... And the thing that I said before I started recording is that, like, mom fashion is always five years behind what's currently trendy. So what they're wearing was, like, hip happening in 2005. Because it's 2011, you know? like, Kathy's hair is a hate crime. Those chunky highlights, 
get lost. 2011 was the year I graduated college. And I promise you <laughs> that the the jewelry and outfit choices were like my freshman year of college. Like uh-huh. it was yeah. I, physically, I was affronted. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get this like previously on, uh, you know, we had Kathy, you know, going rogue during the um, showcase, the Broadway casting thing that was kind of a stunt. Um, we get, you know, all that from last week. Um, this week we're going to star power and we're told this is the last competition that they have in order to qualify for nationals. So it's a really big deal. And we're going to hear about this constantly throughout the episode that it's like, it's the last chance. And, you know, we have to be on our A game and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, Maddie, Brooke and Chloe this week are getting new solos. Holly is upset because Nia is passed over and she thinks that Abby just doesn't believe in Nia, which no spoilers, but next week Nia is going to get a solo and it's going to be really awful and really terrible and not what Holly means in this moment. Um, but Holly is a little perturbed, a little bothered that uh, Abby passed her, passed Nia, I mean, for um, for solos. At this, co- at this upcoming competition, Chloe and Maddie are going to be in different age categories. This is what we're told at the beginning um, because Chloe's older than Maddie. And so it would make sense for Chloe and Maddie to not be in the same age bracket this time, because apparently every um, competition has different age brackets. So they're going to put them in different ones. So that way that they both have a chance at getting first in their respective age categories. Um, so that's all the, the setup. The pyramid is not in this episode. We don't really, I mean, we see it on the chalkboard, but like, we're not, it's so frustrating. Ugh. We're not in the era yet of it being on the mirror with like the Abby Lee Miller branded copy paper on it, where she snatches the paper away and she's like, Nia, you're on the bottom. We haven't gotten there yet. It's just like a bunch of headshots on a chalkboard. And I hate it. The I miss the, re- the real one. The first thing that I have written down what is that have? the concept of the pyramid mm-hmm. is so damaging oh yeah for self-esteem yeah. for children it's self it's self, it's damaging for the self-esteem of adults uh, can you imagine if our boss put the people that we work with on a pyramid and was like all right this is the week i would cry all i would the time i would hate it and i like we're adults you a, know what i mean it would cause like <sighs> full-on actual like hunger game style <laughs> violence like would. i would be taking people out left and right because i am so competitive <laughs> as a person and my people pleasing tendencies are so strong uh-huh. but i would be taking people out yeah. to be on the top totally yeah and you're not the only person in our building who would be I, that way i would the be woman who, out. the woman I, who works across the hall from you would be truly feral. like we already know based on like the various um things that come through email each year like nominations yeah. and things i already have a competitive spirit it's so, yeah. like i Kay- hashtag caitlin was robbed party truly for the past five years so like i have not gotten my solo and i would be losing it so this like concept of them on the mirror or the pyramid in mm-hmm. on the mirror just like as a child, I'm so glad that that was never done to me because I would. I, I hope all of these girls have gotten extensive therapy. You're not the first person to say that, that yeah. because that is yeah. just terrible. Also, I just want to point out that Maddie's headshot. Yeah, a she looks the same. Yeah, it's the same as she does like, now. Like I just saw an ad for her new movie. I guess that yeah. came out like. A she looks exactly the same. B her headshot as that age child seven. Yep seven whatever she was mm-hmm. is better than any picture i've ever taken in my 33 years of existence so um yeah. just want to like yeah she peaked at seven 
compared to the, my peaking. But it has been sustaining the peak. Yeah, truly. Like she peaked up and plateaued and like she, she will like plateaued and, at and the peak. Just, yeah. Like kept going and yeah. I can't ever match that. No, me either. Um so this week we're doing a number, a group number that is titled Where Have All the Children Gone? And Abby tells us tells the kids that it's about her words children who become missing what does that mean i mean children who are kidnapped or children who children who become missing that's not to say it sounds like what she's saying is that these kids one day decide you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go missing i'm gonna gonna become missing she also sounds like she's crying when she's describing the piece i wrote that down when she first describes it i i cannot tell if she is emotional has something in her throat needs some water So it gets darker as we keep going, but at the initially it's just about children who quote become missing. Um, and then in her talking head, Abby says, I don't really want anybody's opinion. And I said, honestly work. Same. She said, no discrepancies, no No opinions, opinions. you know, fair. Well, a girl boss. I would like to interject here and ask the question. Why are the mothers included in the room in this like Monday meeting setting? Yeah, like why are they included? Why do they get to like watch? Is this just for the setup, the premise of like the dance moms show? To my knowledge, no. To my knowledge, before Lifetime rolled up with their cameras, that observatory room at the top with the glass walls where they can look down into the studios, mm-hmm. that has always been there because that observatory, sometimes we will see other people on the other side of that like wall of seats because the other side of that looks into the other studios oh, okay. so i think it's just there in case you want to stay and watch but i think for the show that it was mandatory that they stay and watch but the moms being included in the room is sometimes helpful because i think next week is yeah next week is the week where they all go to a resort and so abby is talking to the moms about the logistics of packing the outfits that they're gonna wear you know when to get on the bus those kinds of like mom needs to know these kinds of things but the moms are encouraged i think i'm sure by the time the show picks up they're required to stay in the observatory room but sometimes we'll see other people watching their kids on the other side so that's always been there i just you know the the part of me that has spent time in this logistic world Mm -hmm. of coordinating children and parents so much of this I would have done yeah. differently and mm-hmm. or I wonder how much of it is producer driven. Sure. And yeah, it's just no so interesting because I would been like, mom's got to go. Yeah. Get, 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 get yourself out. out of here. Yeah. Now, I understand the, sh- the show is called Dance Moms. Right. It's not called Dancers. So right. like, Dance I understand children. the logistics yeah. of like needing the moms because they drive half the content of the show. Uh-huh. But also like. Love you. Bye. Get out of yeah, here. Get out of here. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> also, sorry, dear listener, if you can hear the I'm so sorry the construction, about the construction in the background. Sorry. I will uh, speak to them about it. <laughs> like, shut up. Um, okay, so now we're five days out. We're talking about the group number. Um, Abby claims that the number is to have the kids act and dance and to also make people think. So she's doing a lot. And this is also when she includes you know, it, the original concept is about children who become missing, which is so funny. And th- not that, but the way she says that. And then she says, but I'm also adding in elements of bullying and then being unalive. 
unaliving oneself. Chloe says she has no idea what's going on in her talking head. She doesn't know what's going on in the number, but she appreciates that she's teaching a message and she just thinks it's cool and creepy and awesome. She I is really like, like Chloe. 10 years old. Having never <laughs> seen so any other children besides Maddie on this show, Chloe is just like, I'm just really happy to be here. Well, you know what's interesting is that in a lot of the things that I've seen on like the internet, which like take that for what it's worth, sure. Chloe nowadays is the most successful out of all of the dance really? kids except Jojo Siwa. Yeah, because she has done the most um adult content is not the word i'm looking for but she her mom christy is now her whole gig is like teaching college age girls how to make money and how to be self-sufficient women really yeah and chloe is in on that gig she does a lot of sponsorships she does a lot of like promoting products and ads and stuff but she's like a borderline an entrepreneur at this point so her like little put together image where she's mm-hmm. and she's not a very like brash child. She's no, like, not at all. I don't really understand what's happening, but I still like the message. That like put together sure. facade is like still me. like she's still in that headspace. And you know, she's also currently dating a girl, which is also is very she, I, she's dating is she a girl. The one that just recently she has like red hair now, like she dyed it red. Did she just recently come out? Yeah, but her from what I remember her coming out is like she mentioned she like filmed a couple of TikToks of her and her and she just said like in the post like me and my girlfriend. Did so her it wasn't really like Is a her thing. girlfriend like a skateboarder who was had like an yes. accident with a yes. dog? Is I think so. Okay, I yes, don't exactly. Because she what we're talks talking. about my oh, girlfriend teaching me how to that skate. Oh, that makes me so happy that that's her. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that makes my heart happy. Okay. Yeah. So she, I, I, so loving Chloe will, in the same way that we still love Dr. Holly, it love is a to constant. See it. <laughs> love to see it. Okay, great. Um, and then Kathy thinks it's a little too mature for Mackenzie and Vivi because they're so much younger. Which all they do is sit and push each other on a swing. They don't really dance, but they're still around the content. Are both of those so. children Kathy's? No, Vivi is Kathy's. Mackenzie is Maddie's oh, little sister. Oh, that's Mackenzie Ziegler. Yes, got it. Yes, got it. Got it. Um, so Kelly doesn't. Uh, Kelly doesn't care that it's going to be too uh, inappropriate. She she was also longtime listeners will know that in the second episode. She refers to, or Christy is concerned about the children's inappropriate costumes that they're wearing. She calls the children prostitutes. (gasps) Yeah, it's insane. Um, And it's it's even worse. And then Kelly's like, I don't really care. So again, keeping that same energy, doesn't really care. Christy, a little worried. Holly is really worried. And she says, because the topic of being kidnapped really stresses Nia out which I can relate to. There were so many things that I feel like I was taught as an elementary schooler to like be aware of that really stressed me out. And I would Mm -hmm. be freaking out. I remember they used to tell, they used to tell us about hypodermic needles. Like if you see a needle, needle, don't don't touch it. it. And so I used to think that they would just like pop out of the ground. I didn't understand that someone would have to like use the needle and then put it on the ground that they just like occurred naturally. And I was always, yes, I was always very concerned about that. So I understand in those kinds of instances where Nia, where Holly is coming from saying like, you know, the thought of being kidnapped or the thought of being missing is, or that other children in the world are missing stresses Nia out, which I thought was really sweet. Sweet baby Nia. Um, I have have thoughts about Nia. That's yeah. She, I don't know. What are your thoughts? So like, I, we don't get a lot of like screen time with Nia. Not in this one. Mm -mm. Um, but, you know, Holly's really 
um, like advocating for mm-hmm. Nia. A love Holly. Love Holly, Doctor like, Holly, queen of my life. Truly, she's yeah. so articulate. She uh, she's yes, very Holly. much so like advocating for her child, which I like, but not in an aggressive way. No, but in a way that's like, I would love to understand what's going on. Can you help me understand why my child's not? There is in the second in the second episode with these. The second episode is titled "Wildly Inappropriate," and it's about these costumes that the girls are wearing. And in the end, they don't win. The number, like I don't even think, places in the competition. And part of it is because of the costumes. And we see all the kids in the hallway after at the award ceremony after the awards are over. They're all talking to their moms, and mom's like, "It's okay, we didn't win. It's not a big deal." And Nia looks up at her mom, and she goes, "Maybe the judges thought it was just a little inappropriate." And Holly looks at her and goes, "Well said, Nia. Amazing. <laughs> I love the best this." Discourse. <laughs> um, what I find interesting is like watching as an observer. Mm-hmm. Nia doesn't actually seem as like sure talented. At this time, yeah. as like Chloe and Maddie. Maddie, yeah. So that's a big point of contention throughout the whole series. There's an element there, mm-hmm. just as a completely unbiased. Like I, sure. I know these yeah, children you know from nothing. nothing. Yeah. I, as somebody who sees that, I can see. Yeah. Just within the practice times, doesn't seem Mm-mm. as. Uh, She's not as advanced. Sol- as advanced yeah. yet. So do I see the point about needing more of that like base level skill? Yes. However, mm-hmm. kids can't get better if without giving them time and attention. Yep. Yep. If you give a kid a reason to get better, like you're going to have a solo, you need to put in extra work mm-hmm. and effort to get that solo better. It gives them a reason to rise the occasion. Right. Right. And that's going to be, and then Abby's come back to that argument as always, well, if she's not willing to put in the work and she hasn't yet, why would I think she's going to put in the work in the future? Which this so is a whole educational philosophy yeah, issue. Yeah, truly. Um, and then Abby also wants the kids to do it for the people in the audience because she says, maybe someone in the audience has had a child go missing and we're doing it for them. What? No, you're not. You're what? Doing it, you're doing it to place. You're not doing it to get yeah, a message don't, across. Yeah, don't. don't do pretend. not emotionally manipulate the situation Ugh. or children. That's yeah. what I don't like Ugh. is when we're trying to emotionally manipulate children for an adult outcome. Yeah. And it's, and just, it would just make more sense to just tell them. And like, I, I remember when I was in high school, I did a lot of um, indoor. So I was in marching band for all four years of high school. And in the off season, when football was over in the spring semester, we had the option to be an indoor color guard or indoor drum line sure. so we could do an indoor thing and I, me and my sister did indoor color guard and i remember going to color guard and um drum line competitions and seeing the creepy ooky spooky numbers and those did stand out and those were the ones we were talking about for forever but none of them pretended to be a psa right none of them mat like they were doing it to be creepy to win whatever competition right. we were at you know like don't if you're tell, gonna do just, it just do it yeah and own it but don't, don't pretend, do it to yeah. be like the turnaround for the people in the audience no you're not right chill out no. this is not the life ha- the life house christian you're all i want you're all i need yeah move living video shut up um okay so then we cut to the moms it's kelly's 40th birthday tomorrow Ooh, kelly. oh so exciting um and kathy and her chunky highlights bring up the idea of the squad getting botox she's like let's just go let's you know you've got some frown lines she says she says that they could play 
that they could plant seeds in Kelly's frown lines and grow a bouquet on her forehead. She said there was a trough. That... She said there was a trough between her eyebrows. God, she's the worst. I cannot so, stand a, her. A right. homegirl. She was like, I don't need Botox. Like if we're gonna, if you're oh, gonna be on TV girl. and you're gonna say I don't need Botox, it's a lot of confidence. You best make sure there's not a nary a wrinkle upon oh, thy face. Truly, and I could have paused and been like, hmm. and it was you. Hmm. You were riddled with them, Queen. And I'm, yeah. Trust me, I am not pro or against. That is a personal decision. You do you, and like I love you no matter More what. More power to you. D- it's your money if you want to. Oh, sure. It's your money it. in your face. Who cares? Both yeah. with headaches too. Like right, I, right. But you but cannot. I don't really need sit them. there and be like, I don't need any, and then go tell little Miss Christy. Christy, yeah. That she needs absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely. Also, not. I'm pretty sure Kathy is the oldest mom there. She was so by like ten years. Seats need to be taken, honey. Um, Christy. Uh, uh, Kelly mentions that she thinks that Christy, or no, sorry, let me, let me start that over. Christy says that she thinks Kelly is hesitant to get Botox because she's old. (laughs) She says, well, I think it's because she's getting older and she's just a little more insecure. And I thought, well, that is kind of rude to say that to uh, national television. And then we get the line from Kathy about the, the um, frown lines and the flowers that could grow out of them. Um, and all to, during this whole like wine mom conversation, Holly is upset, visibly upset. Really? No one's asking Holly what's wrong because I guess no one cares. Um, and so she pieces out during this conversation because let's be real, Holly doesn't need Botox. You don't need, you don't have frown lines when you're not sweating a hoe. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like she does not, Holly she, doesn't need well, she, doesn't she does make one comment and she was like, I think that wrinkles add character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and right. I was like, period (laughs) and then she leaves uh so she leaves and she goes to talk to abby about why holly or holly why nia didn't get a solo um and abby is just abby continues with this language that is very non-committal that does she says she says so many words and says nothing you know what i mean and holly very articulately because we love an educated queen she says in her talking head that Abby is not hearing her and she feels like Abby is just trying to get her to shut up and she's going to tell her what she wants to hear. And, and I think Holly in that moment understands, you know, me arguing with her like this isn't going to get us anywhere. And again, no spoilers next week, Holly has her day with Abby in the hallway where Abby basically calls her poor. And Holly is like, yeah, you don't get to talk to me like that. And it's next week is going to be amazing. But anyway, anyway, and then Abby's like, yeah, I know it's not fair. Uh, Nia didn't get a solo this week. Life's not fair. Great. That is the always the best way to shut an argument down is to tell someone, don't argue with me. Okay, great. What am I supposed to say to there that? There are just so many ways to have productive conversations with um, parents about children mm-hmm. and areas of growth and areas and how yeah. you can help and what you can do. And none this of this is not happened. it. <laughs> right. None of not the strategies. A single, not nope. a single moment of productivity happened in that conversation Mm-mm. from Abby Lee. No. Okay, so then it cuts to the Botox day. So, we go to commercial so and we come back and it's Botox. Is time. this is this already planned? Is this like a producer-driven moment of we are already scheduling that we're gonna go get Botox, or is this peer pressure? I can't tell. Because if this is peer tell, pressure. Tell. Like, why are we letting this woman have any amount of control over our psyches? Well, I think Kelly, Kelly is the most 
uh, outside of Kathy, who's just a moron, Kelly's a loose cannon. She, you know, later on in the episode, she picks a fight with Kathy. So she's at, at one time at the beginning of the episode, BFFs with Kathy. And mm-hmm. it's like, let's go, you know, do this fun little like Botox mm-hmm. thing on our lunch break. But then in the second half of the episode says like, I don't care if she wants to fight me. I'm not scared of her. Sure. So Kelly's a loose cannon. You never really know like what, what the real vibe is with Kelly, you know, and she will be that way the whole series. It's she's just always that so way. interesting because it's like everybody, she's just she like recommends randomly, it and we're doing she, it. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. like, you should go get Botox. And everybody's like, we should okay. definitely go get Botox. And I'm like, is uh, this already yeah. situated by the producers or are we genuinely like, <laughs> let's really do let's this. Let's go for do really this real. because that's some hardcore peer pressure to be like, she said, I should go get Botox. I should go get Botox. Yeah. I don't know. I also feel like if this were me and you mm-hmm. and there was someone else sure. in our lives who was like, let's go do this fun thing. I would go do it with you because right. Kathy, like Kelly and Christy, who get the Botox, are on a whole different level of friendship than this random person, sure. Kathy. So, if, like, they, Kathy is kind of stoking the fire, but mm-hmm. like Kelly and Christy do dumb things together all the time. Like, in one of the first episodes, they are getting stressed out and their girls are ready. And so they sneak off and go to the bar together because Love they're that. like, I hate Abby. You know, so they're on a very different Got level it. of okay. friendship. Yeah. Sense. Would you do this? Would you go get Botox in this like communal? F- female situation yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure um yeah. yeah definitely uh a they just do it in the forehead it's not anything a, i would go get botox you know. in general because um a it's not like a permanent thing true b um i naturally have significant wrinkling because i have astigmatism and bright blue eyes and mm-hmm. i will wrinkle until the day i die because i squint all the time <laughs> um and b i have uh chronic migraines and mm-hmm. botox helps with chronic oh, migraines yeah, I so forgot it about is that. actually something i will probably do at some point to see if it just helps in general yeah um and uh i would like to look like i will live forever so yeah, right and <laughs> kelly know? and christy are the only ones who get it that day kathy is there melissa is there but Kelly and Christy, who are BFFs. Um, okay, so now we're three days out from the competition. Maddie is rehearsing a solo called Beautiful. She says, I always win first, especially when the kids are younger, but I don't really care who the kids are. I always win first place. And I have, I am worried about the way that this child processes success. Yeah. She doesn't um, think of success as something that she earns, it's just something that happens to her, which is stressful because for well for lots of reasons but like when your child is successful it should feel like a congratulatory earned success right instead of just like well you're gonna win because then it takes away the achievement and the hard work maddie wins because she works really hard she's at rehearsal constantly she dances constantly that's why she wins not just because she's better but because she works harder and it's interesting because Abby Lee goes back and talks about like she like tries to have that conversation with her and she asks like and why and she says technique and it's all the hours that you spend mm-hmm. and da 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 da. Yeah. It's, it's like Abby Lee tries to have a teachable moment there but right. it feels so disgenuine to yeah, me it's weird. that uh, I wonder if that's editing. I wonder what it is there but it's so I don't know. I, I <laughs> Sure. It, it makes me feel very odd um, and I wonder to being like so many years removed from it if mm-hmm. what kind of processing maddie has done totally to like to be where she is now mm-hmm. and you know doing different ventures doing different avenues kind of stepping back from dance in that way 
and how she measures her success now because yeah absolutely like as a kid as a seven-year-old is that how old she is in this yeah like for her to not only win every single time but like to have that mentality going forward like in her other areas of life what do you do you know as as kids who excelled like mm-hmm. in totally. academics or other things when yeah. you hit that gifted kid moment of <laughs> yeah. when you don't excel yeah what coping mechanisms and strategies do you have in place totally to push through yeah right so if you don't do it right the first time you don't excel you don't win first or you, someone's just better than you or someone is better than you yeah. what are your what coping skills have you developed to be able to like yeah understand and process that and not take it as a personal um failure that you yourself are not enough and i think that that's something that um i've run into a lot i think a lot of gifted children children have um, yeah and and all kinds of variety of age groups like when you constantly succeed in our first and are not put it through challenges how do you build resilience yeah yeah, and that's that's and Melissa and Abby's job as educator and mom to teach her those sure. things. And as of right now, we have no evidence that those things are being taught. And I think that Abby Lee, absolutely, that is a huge failure on her part. Oh, totally. As, she's as just pumping and, out, like, right. her, she's just pumping she out credits. She only sees a winning mentality yeah. and not a coaching and mentor mentality. Not a growth mentality. Not a growth mentality. It's true. Mindset, um, so then we see Chloe Solo, and I have that she is so cute and I want to be her. <laughs> because she's so sweet and she says she's really nervous because it's a new solo but she really wants to win so she can go to nationals and that's it that's kind of all we hear from her and then in the middle of her rehearsal uh abby's abby's voice goes into the absolute zenith into the stratosphere who it is so awful and it's because her dog shows up and this might be like my residual body issues and how i'm constantly aware of the way my body looks but good god that dog is fat they're the same the dog is huge they're the, they're the same they are they are it's true the opening of 101 dalmatians when the dog and the owner match has never been more exemplified Ugh. than broadway Ugh. baby and abby lee miller in this one scene dude that dog they have matching hair accessories <laughs> like- that dog is <laughs> heavy breathing that dog is and that's Husky. like that is a no other dog of that breed i have ever seen that be oh, as hefty yeah, as that, that Bichon or whatever was. it is that dog is Bichon Frieza, that little thing just a chonk was, but not in a cute way and like a, i'm worried about his bela- her belabored breathing kind of way she <laughs> like, admitted sounds that there there are frequencies <laughs> alien frequencies that are still like processing and coming to <laughs> earth to find us because that was a transmission that they Ooh. believed to be signs of extraterrestrial life so we leave the studio. Kathy, Christy, and Kelly are going to lunch. Um, Kathy makes a comment about Christy's nose. She, they talk about how much fun they had getting Botox and how we're going to have to do it all the time. And then Christy says, like, I don't want people to think I'm Chloe's grandma. And and Kathy looks at her stone cold and she says something to the effect of, you should worry about that nose. I, I was beside myself. I, the I, nerve. Truly. The nerve that this woman has to say things to, to to women about their appearance in general. Why would you say something like that to somebody? You know what I, I mean? I don't know what your policy is about cursing on your podcast. This deserves cursing, I think. I have written in like flowery calligraphy. It says, <laughs> fuck you, Kathy. <laughs> she <laughs> is a nightmare. She truly that is. That is so mean. Like, the audacity 
to look across <laughs> and like, can you imagine if you were saying we were just talking about Botox and you were like, I don't want to look old. And I would be like, yeah, well, you know what? Your face looks really old and you look that, like, and I pointed out something crumbs. specific and I was like, yeah, well, your eyebrows make you look like you're 50. <laughs> oh my God. Like for another, cry for another woman to say that to Dude. you. Insane. Like, can you imagine the no. audacity of that? I don't have people in well, my life that are like your that. Your eyebrows are perfection, by the way. They, they correct. They are. Um, yeah, the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. I'm like, telling you, truly, truly, dude, that is insane. So she says that, and you know they're kind of like joking about it, and they're trying to <laughs> laugh, yeah, laugh it off. So then. Oh, I also have written that's a lot of attitude from someone who has to put readers on to see her the food on her plate. She also has like this this outfit <laughs> on with this like doily collar moment that oh, I just so ugly. So like, what's it's, happening? That is a lot of nerve. Who let her? Who? Yeah. Um. So in the middle of this lunch, Christy gets a text that her grandma has been taken to the hospital. She says she's eighty seven. Her grandma has COPD mm-hmm. and um heart failure. Yeah, so. So she says it's different than just, you know, your your grandma is sick, right? She has lots of um, comorbidities, as they say. Sure. So she's she's very nervous, and she says that her grandmother raised her, and we kind of get a look. I wouldn't say that Christy grew up in poverty, mm-hmm. but she grew up in a very tumultuous living like in in a, in a hard place yeah. to live, um, and that's why she's so protective of Chloe, um, because she she says she does not have a relationship with her mom anymore, and her she said her mom had her at a very young age, and so she lived and grew up with her um, her grandparents, and she takes Chloe to see her childhood home, which is you know relatively small, um, and it's on um, like an air force base, a naval base, a naval base. yeah. So is- in the, another added layer of stress in a home. Right. really really interesting i don't know if you yeah. ever spend time on a naval base i have not okay so one of my 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 very best friend from childhood her husband um was in is was in the navy mm-hmm. um and i had like been on naval bases before to sure. see them. and it's a very like yeah very weirdly suburban ish mm-hmm. kind of stepford feeling i feel like there it's a place that tries very hard to be normal very much we so. are a happy group and Correct. we're not but there's no sign of stress here but it's a base but it's a base and sure. so for her to have grown up in that environment especially without that mother oh, figure and yeah. with just the stress of knowing mm-hmm. i mean if you're on base then you're not living in a normal right. situation right you know you're I mean? handling you're around adult problems and she says oh, so, stuff is so sweet it's, it's so sweet she says that um, she and her sister used to dance on the lawn mm-hmm. and they used to pretend to have recitals because they, the only thing they ever wanted to do in life was take dance lessons. And she just like absolutely dreamed of the life that Chloe has now. And like, honest to God, shout out to Christy. Truly. She is providing the life for her child that she wanted for herself some, I, that's amazing some super sweet moments in here like they're like dancing doing, they together they were doing like the dirty dancing lifts and yes, she was trying to lift so her cute. and there was a sweet moment she was like okay that's enough you can see your navel in my space <laughs> and i was just like <laughs> yeah. what a sweet just like moment so sweet. and even just looking like the way that chloe is done here like her hair is like in a french twist uh-huh. and like she has like a cute little denim skirt but it's like skirt, kind of flowy and then we get yeah. this like shot of Christy just like staring at the house and just this tear and you know there's so much of reality tv that I struggle with because it's not authentic but there's something about Christy and Chloe's relationship Mm -hmm. that just feels very genuine to me like that I can see 
between them that Christy and this this whole thing with this grandmother just very much shows me the genuine spirit that Christy has in providing for Chloe. And, totally. And Christy even makes the comment about the grandmother giving something that she never had with yes. her mom, which is unconditional, unconditional love. love. And I see that coming through with how Christy's treating Chloe. Yeah. Um, and just this sweet moment of them dancing in the yard. And, you know, Chloe's yeah. just like, she kind of has that like mom that, and then yeah. but then when they do it it's so sweet and, and she says in the car on the way there Chrissy says well thanks for coming along with me kiddo and Chloe goes no problem yeah it's just <laughs> and you know and She's I'm sure so some cute. of that is like just being you know in front of the camera but I also think part of it is just you know, she says, I think Christy says at one point she's 34. Yeah. And like me being 33, I'd look at that oh, and I'm like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have a kid. Sure. But I imagine if I had a kid that was, you know, in that eight and nine category, it's mm-hmm. a, that's a young, mm-hmm. it's a young mom. Yeah. It's a really, oh, yeah. I would have had a kid at like 25. And yeah, and that's what I, having a, a kid to take care of and also going through that. I don't feel like I have my life together at any age where I could be responsible for. Never had my life together once. A child of that of yeah. that age. And and so I don't know. It just that really touched me in a way that I was like, it feels very genuine. It feels very um reflective. And I appreciate I think the care and and that that insight into who they mm-hmm. are as a, a family unit. Yeah. Um also just now i'm realizing that we don't ever see the dance dads no we don't on purpose i think i don't think the dad well because the show's not about the dads sure um i think there's an episode later on where the dads are invited to the competition because of the material of some of the number that they're doing or something like that but the we rarely rarely (laughs) see the dads in the show like ever fascinating yeah um so then we get a little like a couple of shots of Brooke doing a cool acro thingy as for solo. There's some group rehearsal. And then we cut to Kelly's house for Kelly's like little birthday get together. She said, Christy invited herself over to throw a birthday party, which I love. I think that's very mm-hmm. funny. Um, and then Melissa, who we haven't heard like anything from, and Melissa is a very vocal outspoken mom. And we haven't heard a lot from her this episode at all until now when she turns into a horn dog and she gives Kelly like candy undies and like, I genuinely thought a a stripper was going to appear. Nope. No, which is even more upsetting because at least that would have made sense. Truly. I I I thought that was the setup. (laughs) Why would you give someone fuzzy handcuffs if you're not going to also give them a stripper? These are the questions that I have. That's a great question. That's if, a great if, question. For the record, if anybody ever gives me fuzzy handcuffs, They're I also, also better be a stripper. a stripper to appear. Yeah. And uh, so that that is, I just said that that happens and I'm upset. Whoops. And then Kelly straight up asks, no, Ke- who asks this? Kelly asks Christy or Melissa. I don't even remember who it is. I re- this is a bad note that I wrote down. But so, uh, Kelly asks somebody outright if she's ever faked an orgasm. I I missed that. I would attract that if I had heard no, it. No, she, she. I think she says it to Christy. That's the only one that that would make sense for Kelly to say that to. It would be her best friend, Christy. Sure. Have you ever faked an orgasm? She just says that to her. What was I, the response? I don't. I think there was just a lot of like wine mom giggling. There wasn't a conversation about women's sexual health. It was just like. I now have a pair of candy undies and also uh, have you faked an orgasm I want the answer to that. Like, what where, is why, where was the dialogue? That there would wasn't. have been great. 
that's why I wrote it down is because it was so weird that there wasn't there was no further like I would like the I would like the b-roll footage of that please yeah it was weird when when the Zack Snyder version (laughs) yeah yeah it was very strange uh so we go to a commercial then we come back and it is competition day baby yeah we're headed to Providence Rhode Island um all the kids are getting to the studio they're packing the bus and then Christy gets um a call that her grandmother took a turn for the worst last Mm -hmm. night and that her grandmother is now in ICU and on event Mm -hmm. so it's not looking good um and so then she has to decide if she should go to the competition. She's caught between, you know, I feel like I should be here, but I know if I was here, she would tell me to go with sure. Chloe, which is such a hard line to toe between what do I feel like is the quote unquote right thing to do, whatever that means, versus if I got there and she saw me, she would be like, what are you doing here? Go go see your daughter dance. Right. Um. So she has this like moment with Kelly in the parking lot and, you know, she's crying and Kelly is telling her like, well, if if you want to stay, Chloe will be fine. There's, you know, all these other moms, Abby's there. She'll be fine. If you're not there with her, you just need to do what you, what you feel is best. And eventually she comes, Christy comes to the decision that her grandmother, her grandmother would be very upset if she stayed and missed Chloe dance for this like regional uh, competition. And so she decides to go to the competition. Do you have thoughts about that? I do. It's an interesting moment here because, I, you know, I don't know that I would have made the same decision. Sure. Um, not be, not that I think it's the wrong decision. I mean, I, like, yeah, because it's so hard. How do you quantify what's right and what's only wrong? Only because, you know? like, I, I don't know. I spend so much time w- with parents and children who rely on other parents. Do you sure. know what I mean? Because totally. we're in a world where you got multiple kids and you got lots of things going on. It takes a village. It does take a village. So if like it, if it was me and you and that was our situation, mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, can you watch my kid for the weekend? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. here's all our stuff. You know what she would do. Just yeah. like you got eyes on my kid. Yeah. Um. Now. That doesn't make it the right move. Um, sure. It's just the move you would make. It's just the move. Now, sure. I'm sure there's other things behind the scenes, and I'm sure that there may have gone, you know, other factors in that decision totally. just based on what we're presented. I wrote down, I was like, just go, girl. Like, let her, yeah. she'll be fine. She's yep. resilient. She's a kid. She's going to be fine. Right. Now, ultimately, it works out how it works out. Right. Um, but that, that being stuck between the rock and the hard place always so hard because you know she's comparing herself as a mom to all the other moms and all the other kids are going to have their moms there and she doesn't want chloe to feel like Mm -hmm. she doesn't have her mom there right and could could that affect her score is she going to be not going because of that so there's just so much weight that she has to carry it's a lot of things to consider on top of what she thinks is going on with her grandma so i you know it's just it's just it's hard it's so hard. hard and and to feel like you're doing it right or wrong. Um, That's and is, a, yeah. is Chloe her only child? No, she has another child, but her other child is like a toddler. Okay. She's really, really young. Gotcha. Yeah, that's just, that's really hard. And I think it just depends on if you can, what what you feel like you can control and what you feel like you can't control and what mm-hmm. you can let go of. And, you know. Yeah. There's no right answer there. True. True. I, I agree. Um, so she does decide to go. They get to the competition. Um, they're in this little like group meeting right before everybody starts getting ready. And Abby reveals that she has decided 
to bump Maddie into the next age category. So she's on the, instead of being on the upper end of her category, she's on the lower end of the next one, just to see what it's like for Maddie. That to me is a crock. That is so stupid. This is regionals. You shouldn't be trying something new to see what it's like. You should try to take first in as many age categories as you can. Why would you not what, try to sweep? What kind of exactly? What kind of strat is that? That's so stupid. You should get first in Maddie's category and first in Chloe's category. That to me reeks huh? of TV producer drama. It has to be. That's the only That's rationale. The only explanation to because me. and Abby is such an achievement driven person. There's no way she came to that conclusion by no. herself. That is stupid. Especially when we started the episode with the whole yeah. conversation. So that's yeah. that's one of those pieces to me sense. that just drives me crazy because yeah. like what what is the point of emphasizing that at the beginning of the episode yeah. only to change your mind at the end of the episode? In the words of Cardi B, what was the reason? Truly. Yeah. Um, Chloe's a little upset. Christy rolls her eyes and is like, whatever. She's upset, but like she doesn't have the bandwidth to complain I about mean, it yeah you know what whatever yeah and chloe's like i'm a little upset but that's okay <laughs> i'm media trained okay yeah <laughs> yeah my mom is my mom's here and i'm fine um so it's time to get ready brooke's costume becomes the topic of conversation in the moment kelly's like where is it she pulls it out have you ever seen anything uglier than what brooke put on her body uh, i haven't <laughs> i the greatest showman called and said like Pennywise the Clown and the Greatest Showman had a baby oh, and it gave it to so Harley Quinn ugly. and she said no. It was like it was ugh. atrocious. It's so ugly and it's not even made well because all of the like shiny appliques are stickers. They're not. And Brooke is a tall girl. She's yeah. got a torso on her. Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, you can't. We got long torsos and you can't yeah. stick us in things like that and no. hope that it looks good on us. It, it has one sleeve. It has a top and bottom, but the top, the, the problem is that the top and the bottom are connected with like strips of fabric so that she almost looks like a bendy straw. Mm -hmm. If you're just holding it to just the two pieces are just connected. If you would just not connect them and like change everything else, it wouldn't have been a problem. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the connectedness that's like hiking those shorts right up into her butt. And so it looks Look, There are only terrible. two people in the world that can pull off neon orange and neon pink together. And that is Taylor Swift and Sarah Jessica Parker. And if you are not one of those people, <laughs> then you <laughs> absolutely are not doing it. So yeah. stop putting it it's on your body. so ugly. It is so Wait, what it. colors did you say? Neon orange and neon pink. Is that not what it was together? Or it was, was it pink and red. Okay. Are you colorblind? My point still stands. <laughs> no, it does. It does. We stand Taylor Swift and uh, SJP. Nobody I'm just else. saying, if you are not <laughs> one of those people, that's it's not it. It's it's true. And to your point, Kathy says it looks. She looks like Pennywise the clown. She does. <laughs> she says that. She's like in that same scene. I do want to point out that hmm. they have these amazing trunks that open up yes. with lighted. Like, yeah. is that built into the trunk mm -hmm. that they have those like they vanity just, lights? Yeah gonna it's need awesome. to get one it's really really I cool that i think they are on car. legs i think they fold out into a makeup getting ready stand where it's like mm. the trunk opens the top opens with lights and it also has legs i will be invested it is in one of these four very impressive yeah kits. they have them everywhere they go they take them every single place it's really really cool As someone who frequently gets ready in her car yeah gonna need <laughs> yeah. one um so because of the sick, nasty costume, Abby asks um, Kathy if it would be okay for her to use Vivi's costume that she's going to wear in her duet 
with Mackenzie because I guess that's happening, which we haven't heard about that yet, but okay. Um, if it's okay for Brooke to wear it today or to wear the top, the top because she puts the bottom on, bottoms are too small, but the top is fine. And Kathy's like, oh, whatever, fine. She, sh- she shakes her head. Yes, she consents. Kathy says yes. Look, if you're going to, if you're going to say yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I am, I am say dumbfounded by this chest. whole yeah. moment. If yeah. you say yes, then what? What? Well, well, yeah, because she goes back on it, and she, she, she acts she like, like it never happens, or like she just moron. changes her mind, and that. Yeah. Um. Also, my question is, why didn't you try on the costume before you left? Yeah, let's, can we, I don't understand the costume. It, so don't get does she it. just have stock costumes? I don't know. Because in the, so in the second episode, when we get the, the wildly inappropriate costumes, there's a seamstress who's there and she's adju- making adjustments. She's pinning things. She's fitting the kids. But then we also have this like room in the dance studio that's full of costumes because every costume is Abby's. Abby owns the costumes, not the kids. So I don't understand why we didn't, maybe Abby just pulled something and was like, Brooke will wear this. But like, to me, it doesn't make any sense because what if you get there and it doesn't fit? Well, then they talk about how everybody just shares costumes all the time. Yeah. And then they were, which is true because they're all Abby's. This was, this was a custom costume. Custom to who? She was saying that this was a custom costume for her daughter. Ugh. Well. So it was very confusing. So I guess in that, so they, so Abby asks, can she try on the top? And for that Vivi's top. Yeah. Yeah. Vivi's top. And she nods her head. Yes. Kathy does. Yeah. And yeah. And then chaos ensues. (laughs) So we get so we get a little bit of this drama, but it it ends. This scene ends with Brooke wearing Vivi's top, and they're gonna make some. They're gonna figure out the bottom later, I guess. Um. So then we cut to Chloe getting to perform. Um. I appreciate. I don't think that Christy has fully told Chloe what the deal is with her grandma today. I don't think she told her that things are worse. I think. Chloe probably saw her mom crying before they left, but it seems to me that Chloe is a kid who hasn't heard any bad news. Sure. You know what I mean? She's just excited to dance. They're backstage getting ready. Um, Chloe, when she dances, her d- little French dance is so freaking it. precious. It makes me want to die. It's so, she's so It seems cute. very age appropriate. It's yes. very cute. I love the whole little French moment. Her yes. costume is adorable. Yeah, she the costume really looks comes really good. alive, I think, on the stage. Yeah. I really and, like. And Christy is over the moon. Truly. She loves watching Chloe Truly. dance. She's tearing up. Very sweet. Maddie is next. She says she's not pressed because she's used to winning all the time, which we've heard that before. Melissa watches her. She is weeping because that's all Melissa does when Maddie dances is sob. Um, and then we get the awards for, I guess, just for solos. And second and first place are separated by half a point. And Maddie is first and Chloe is second. And it is so stupid because Maddie should have been first in her category and Chloe should have been first in hers. Absolutely. So stupid. I also want to point out an editing error there that they show them with it? their trophies prior to them announcing. They do that all the time. <laughs> so you already know who wins prior like, to them announcing. Okay, great. Yeah, they do that constantly. What always... It makes me giggle is when you can hear the announcer say the last name of the child, but then they're like, okay, we're going to talk to Maddie. And then it cuts off. the. It's like, we already heard her last name somewhere else. Sure. We already know the kid's last name. If you're trying to 
protect the identity of the child, you need to tighten up the screws because we've already heard her last name somewhere else. But especially in this first season, the editing team is struggling. Also, there were a couple of scenes that were fully out of focus. Yeah. Like they were not on their lifetime. We're getting some like Blair Witch quality. It's fine. Oh my gosh. Very found footage. Um, so that's that for those two. Now we're going back to prep Brooke for her solo. Um, we're adding glitter to Brooke's skin. And Christy's like, you better watch out, Kelly, because Kathy's going to come in and she's going to be pissed. And she says, yeah, I don't really care. She doesn't Holly's scare me. saying that. Oh, that's right. Holly's the one going, <laughs> what are you doing? Holly's like, this is the, Holly's basically like, the only girl? time we see Holly at this competition. It's Holly's going, what, what are, are you doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't care. She can kiss my butt. She doesn't scare me. Um, I think she says, screw Kathy. I don't care. She doesn't scare mm-hmm. me. Um, so now Kathy is pissed that she's wearing, that Brooke is wearing Vivi's costume. And she's like, I want her to take it off. Kathy, a very baller move, does not let Brooke just stand there and try to decide what's going to happen. Sure. She's like, Brooke, go change into this other, like what is like a crop top and booty shorts, which is what she rehearses in. Go change into that. I'm going to stand out here. And while, while we're still being proactive and she's, you know, we're mm-hmm. just going to fall in line, but I am going to give you a piece of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the move instead of just letting Brooke, Brooke waste like, time. Yeah. I'd be in the middle of it right yeah, there. Yeah. She's like, whatever, go change. And then she rips Kathy a new one um and Kathy will not shut up about how I've never seen so much disorganization in all my life everyone here is so disorganized it's not my fault that you had a bad costume and blah 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 whatever whatever and then she keeps telling uh Kelly that she wants to have a conversation with her read the room Kathy now it's not the time for a conversation her daughter's about to dance in 10 minutes. We don't have a time. We don't have time for you to sit and have a heart to heart with her about how disorganized you think the studio is. Now's not the time. There's a moment in here that I may just not understand because I have no context for this, but she keeps talking about like at her former studio and they keep telling her to yeah. go back to a different she studio. She owns her own studio. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. She owns her own studio, but her daughter is dancing at Abby Lee's studio. Yep. Help me understand. Wish I could. I cannot. For the fame? Probably. That's what I would... For the clout is what I would guess. She's been here since the first episode. But she owns... And she owns her own dance studio in Ohio. So she drives like six hours twice a week to go to Abby and then come back. She owns her own studio in Ohio. And drives to Pennsylvania, drives to Pittsburgh, so her daughter can dance with Abby. Yeah, I, and the world may never know why. What was the reason? I am baffled. Same. I. Yep. Could, I, and I, I have no. That's all I know. Wow. Straight up. Yeah. And she's over here telling people to get Botox. With, exactly. I, Exactly. Kathy and her chunky highlights say that the moms need to just stand up to Abby more often because, well, because again, this was Abby's idea to switch the costumes. Well, when Abby asks you to do something ridiculous, you should just stand up a little bit more. Girl, have you met Abby? Do you understand what it's like to stand up to her? Obviously not. Because standing up to Abby doesn't always go very well for whoever so the mom is. she just wants to be Abby. Yeah, I think so. Fascinating. Her her dance studio is called the candy apples dance studio oh, that makes me feel violently ill it should um 
Kelly mentions that she thinks that Kathy's just doing this to like whip it out for Abby. She thinks she's yeah. just doing this to like say, and she's like, that's not why I'm doing this, which I don't think it really matters why, but it's awful. And then I just have that Kelly and Kathy are screaming so many things. They're just screaming at each other at this point. There's an, it's in, it's unintelligible. If there was, if there were closed captions, it would just say unintelligible mom screaming, you know, like there's nothing. Yeah. I also noticed that Brooke, when she comes out, has on a Band-Aid on her chin. Yes. So Brooke is, does acro. And one of the things that happens to her a lot is when she is on her chin and does a chin stand, sometimes the tape that puts together the pieces of the floor and like the dance floor, sometimes the tape will rub on her chin. Oh, uh, gotcha. So she sometimes will put a Band-Aid over so that it, does, so that it doesn't rip up oh, her skin. Yeah. Um, and then it, we see them on the escalator getting ready to go dance. And she's like, Brooke, don't let this upset you. How could it not? She just watched her mom say the F word and like all like threatened to like take another woman to the carpet. It's like, oh, but don't get upset about she it. She got yelled at her. Like they were yelling about her sickle feet. Yes. She was like, both of your children have sickle feet. And yeah. Like, oh. But don't let it upset you. Like the whiplash, the absolute whiplash of, of that is insane to me. Um, Brooke says she's really nervous. She's like, I don't know what the judges are going to think. I'm not really wearing a costume. She's like, I'm, I'm supposed to be a supermodel and I'm yeah. just wearing a crop top and booty shorts. And I was, <laughs> I wanted to be like, honestly, girl, you're very in trend for 2022. <laughs> yeah. Girls nowadays are going after that look. So you're killing it. Um, she kicks up at one point, she kicks her leg up in the air a little too hard and she almost falls, but you know, whatever. Um, and then I think Kelly does a good, a good job sometimes of keeping it real with her kids, but yeah. also she gets, she lets her kids see too much. I agree. But her, but she, Brooke asked her, like, why are you crying? And she's like, well, Kathy pissed me off. But, like, you're a baller and you went out and, and did your best anyway and I'm proud of you. Which, like, that conversation of, like, I was mad about this very real thing, but you doing you reminds me that I need to do me. I think that is a great conversation to have in isolation. Mm -hmm. She should not have been around the arguing. You know, it's like both. I see the beginnings of, like, that really over over explosive mother and mm-hmm. that like child who's just like nothing got yeah, you know what i mean like going on. why are you crying yeah. why are you like and brooke's just like i'm like compensating totally the pendulum swing it's very yeah. interesting so that yeah so that's the end of kelly and kathy and brooke and all that costume nonsense um so now we're at the second day of the competition and kelly or excuse me kathy asks kelly how like Brooke scored and Brooke got sixth. Yeah. Which is a bummer. That is, yeah, you know, is. Uh, and uh, uh, Kathy is like, well, she got six because there were five girls who were better than her, which is probably true. But at the same time, that is a very inappropriate thing to say when you were the cause of so much drama. Yeah. I also, I wouldn't have asked, you yeah, know what I mean? I like don't like start that was it very again. Much so not even a conversation to have, have very rude. in front of the camera. Or at all. Like, why would you even... Well, in the assumption, she was like... She said something along the lines like... she sucks. (laughs) Well, it was like, she started... She was like, so you got first or something. Like, it was very much so, like, an awkward way of introducing that conversation that led to it being more uncomfortable for everybody. For no reason. Again, what was the reason? why. Don't get it. And she's making... She says that Kathy... Or, excuse me. Now, I'm getting all these names confused she is saying that kelly ripped the costume off of brooke and is making her re-sew it that's not what happened she probably had to add some additional embellishments onto the costume and she's making uh, kathy's making kelly like re-sew it or whatever so yeah. i don't know just like another 
extra thing for her to do so that she sure. can like assert her dominance. So stupid. Um, Christy has not heard any updates about her grandma and she's saying, I'm taking no news is good news. And then someone, I don't, did you catch who it was? Was I it someone from was, the hospital that called I her? I think she was talking to or a cousin. It was like either her cousin or her sister. One of gotcha. them was there at the hospital. Well, they tell her that everything is a lot better and that her grandma is off the ventilator. She's out of the ICU and she is asking for Christy and Christy's like, well, I'm going to get there as soon as I can tell her I'm here with Chloe that we're doing a dance thing and I will get to her you know as soon as possible and she says like now i know i made the right decision which i feel like that is a slippery slope because what if things had not turned out that well you know like i don't know but i'm glad things were you know obviously glad that things got better and that christy feels better this moment is also with um kelly being there i think Kelly's like give me a hug yeah i think that you know kelly even asking and her having you know just being able to be vulnerable there with kelly i think Mm -hmm. you know despite all of the craziness with kelly i think that yeah it definitely kind of shows that their relationship is yeah at least there is a enough basis of actual friendship there that yes someone thought to ask her yeah do you know what i mean totally. like that there's there is um yeah there's some real friendship there yeah i love i think kelly is such a loose cannon but her one constant is her love for her best friend yeah and i think and we're gonna see that throughout the rest of the series like which is great it's so nice um so now the kids are out they're rehearsing we see vivian mckenzie just on a swing that vivian where did swinging, the swings that come from g- couldn't tell it. you I, pff, probably a dad i don't know what, how did it get there was it in that van I, was it in somebody's well, van so, christy makes a comment about her grandmother would tell her to get on the flight but maybe she, that was rhetorical i don't understand the logistics are confusing mind melting because then the you know not to jump ahead too much the group qualifies to go to nationals and abby says well now we have to figure out how to get the swing there how did you get the swing here i am baffled (laughs) i want to know where it came from who put it together why is it sturdy enough also why is it there if you're just gonna have them swing take them out of the number you have both at times had to figure out swing sets and it is not as simple as one would nope. think. And Mm-mm. when it just showed up in the lobby, just like, of, come from? of that rehearsal, I literally my eyeballs and my brain disconnected <laughs> from, from each other. And I was like, where did it come from? Yeah. Where did it go? Cotton yeah. Joe. Cotton Joe. Um, Holly is stressed. She says, I don't really love watching Nia choke herself and stagger off stage. I don't love that. But then she says, well, I don't really think Abby wants to hear our opinion. <laughs> everything about that moment i agreed to i was like that's i don't disagree with you dr holly so it's time to perform this is a very spoken word piece there's not really any music there are different um percussive like different moments but it's all words there's no music it's just lots of flexed feet spoken word super weird nia no page walks to the front of the stage she puts her arms out like she's an angel looks up to the heavens and jumps off the front of the stage terrifying um nia chokes herself staggers off stage and chloe i guess like stabs herself in the stomach or something yeah like it was just very weird and then but at the i will say so once so the kids are going off one by one by one and then at the end when it says where have all the children gone brooke just runs off stage and her running off is very effective i liked that i thought that was really Mm -hmm. good because she looks around and sees that there's no one there and she just runs and i was like oh okay that 
if we're talking about like a narrative that makes the most sense to me the kids could have just somberly walked off and that would have been fine we did a lot in this moment we just did a lot Um, your thoughts i (laughs) if you can put any of them into into words only like i have written i was disturbed yeah this is very so i am a like massive fan of spoken word Mm -hmm. poetry that's why i picked you for this episode i um teach it it's part of my curriculum i like i think it's a massively powerful and a a huge communication tool and an under uh served undertaught underutilized uh form of poetry and and whatnot and um i (laughs) want to never hear what i heard (laughs) again because that was like what a sleep paralysis demon whispers to me so scary it was terrifying yeah um if you've listened to the dawn fm record recently it's like there's like jim carrey doing the opening and closing and what this was is what it wanted to be jim carrey being like cool and like edgy Mm -hmm. and like trying to do this cool radio thing and this was a horrifying rendition of trying to do that it was really scary Um, the concept of a child being abducted is a terrifying enough concept and we don't need to add the creepiness Mm -mm. like you can do like a slam poem about it and make it effective this was like a voiceover to uh, a a documentary that made my me feel like my skin was being peeled off my body. Um, <laughs> on top of that, uh-huh. to put small <sighs> girls yeah. in a number where mm-hmm. they are pantomiming, unaliving, choking, jumping, jumping. Whew. It's a lot. Swinging. So you're juxtaposing this image with the innocence Uh of them on a swing set. It's giving me horrifying images. Um, Very much that, um, what's that Saoirse Ronan film where she is like kidnapped it's from i don't know taken i don't know (laughs) um liam neeson no i don't know it i don't know it's from it's from a while ago um it's just very i don't know i was incredibly disturbed by it the the nia choking herself moment was 10 seconds too long dude um i didn't like that we were doing this in like angelic crop tops with flowers in our hair Um, too much this also i i have a problem with this number for the same reason i had a problem with the number in the wildly inappropriate episode the children do not know what's going on you're putting them in a and they and they say i don't know what this number is about you're putting them in a situation as a pawn in a narrative that they do not understand and that is manipulative and terrible they don't know what's going on i it makes me they don't get it they don't and they and that makes it that makes it way worse you know it's a problem because they cannot they cannot consent to the message and their parents don't feel like they have a voice to excuse them yeah they can even give, give consent on their behalf right right so you're putting them in an uncomfortable position yeah on so and and i have issues with that on so many levels um it's a nightmare it is literally yeah, the Chloe, stuff of nightmares. like romeo and juliet stabbing herself in the stomach so help weird. me understand how that was effective at all Couldn't i agree you. with you the only the only piece was 
I think Brooke running off. Yes, at the end. The only piece that potentially worked there. For and me. I think because it's not stylized, she looks really scared. It's not yeah. this overly dramatic. It, it was thing. also weird that Maddie was just like doing jumps and turns because yeah. the, can we not utilize Maddie in any other way nope. other than that? Jumping and turning only. But to be fair, we don't know anything about anything, I guess, because they are the highest scoring number of the whole day out of 280 numbers. They score the highest. So I guess we don't know anything. <laughs> that is that to me is the what? ultimate travesty because I guarantee but they're you, rewarded for this, and that's what I don't understand because I don't get because, it. because no because because they you know what it was emotional damage <laughs> emotional emotional damage you know like literally there was nothing about that that I looked at it and went yes oh I so compelling so moving I looked at it and thought Arden? I want to pour acid into my eyeballs. <laughs> I just watched yeah. page two. I don't. E I saw page twice this episode. Once in a bathing suit top, uh -huh. jumping off a stage, and once when I said, "Who's Paige?" Who's Paige? So I <laughs> so no sad. nothing about that works yeah. for me. No, and, and it I wasn't think it's emotionally it. manipulative. I think there's a lack of consent. I yeah. think that Abby Lee is not. She's a nightmare. I think there's so many things wrong with the way that she operates. Totally. That I just. Hate. I cannot understand how they're rewarded, and that mm -hmm. is that is reinforced as a message that we should continue on. Also, is she the choreographer? Yes, Abby is the choreographer. She has truly, truly. How is she, she demonstrating these moves? So, I she has uh, an assistant who we saw a couple times. We don't hear from yeah, her. Yeah, the random girl, Gianna. Gianna is an assistant, and she has one more assistant that. I think Abby is the choreographer and the conceptualizer and Gianna and this other person are the demonstrators, but she, but any bad idea that's performed was Abby's idea. Okay. If that makes sense. I, she's not, she is not physically able to execute these dance moves. She was a dancer when she was a child and she has people who are on her staff who demonstrate the moves to the kids okay. who are dancers. So. And she uses, she's a very, and I think this is a very positive quality. She uses the dance vocabulary. She says the names sure. of the moves and the children know all of those, the vocabulary. So she uses, sure. it's a combination of a few things. Okay. I was just confused because they but kept yes, saying she was yes, a choreographer and I was is. like, help me. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. um, it's high risk, high reward this time. Truly. This was a huge risk and they were the highest scoring number out of the whole thing. So let me ask you this. Hmm. Would you ever A, do that, B, in that number, mm. or B, would you ever put that number on a stage with your with your name attached to it? I think as a I think it's hard to answer the question if I would be in it because if I was a child, I wouldn't know any different. Sure. Um if would I be Abby? No. No. I wouldn't. I, if I wanted to do a number that was about a social issue, I would not pick one that I felt I could exploit yeah. and use the children as pawns. Mm -hmm. Or And she has, she mentions this a couple of times in pre previous episodes, she has a teen dance team. Because her studio has like hundreds of students. It's a huge operation. And she has a teen team. So she's purposefully if this if she's re if we're really going to talk about artistic integrity we're really going to go down that road and believe her when she says that that was the that was the purpose it's then that is a crock because 
she's using it for the children. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you really wanted to do this number, you should do it with the kids that you can sit down and have a conversation with. It's the same reason why I personally, this is just my personal opinion, I don't think that any performance with minors should ever include anything about the Holocaust. Ever. I think if you're going to do those kinds of stories, if you're going to do war stories, if you're going to do stories about huge, huge... um, atrocities it needs to be with consenting adults it should not be with children children do not have the capacity to give consent so no i would not do it not with not with underage children sure so stupid (laughs) would you no (laughs) good to know (laughs) no on any no on any of it no on any and all of what was happening just no (laughs) no like no no and then as a as an educator uh no no well, no. there's no reason. There's no reason to make the no. statement. Mm-mm. There's no reason to do any of that. There's there's no reason to put a child through the mental no. uh, state of having to embody what Mm-mm. that piece was about. No, there's no purpose. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it was okay then. I certainly don't think it would ever fly in. Hopefully, it would never a fly now. When we are more able to. We're more uh, socially conscious, yeah. Hopefully, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I also think that there's a way to do creep without being so specific. Sure, you can do a creepy, ooky, spooky thing that doesn't center around children unaliving themselves Absolutely. or going or becoming missing. There's just be creepy so in a different way. There this are so stupid. many cool things we can do. There are so many different ways to doesn't do. Doesn't be based in reality, unique and yeah, and things like that. You do not have to make children do that Mm-mm. for the clickbait that's so stupid yeah um and then they win and the whole group is in a like a squad talking about how excited they are and then Paige goes can we go to the mall now <laughs> again a reminder a they are children truly they have no idea what's going on yeah do you have any f- other thoughts about the episode that we didn't get to cover you know i um i think abby lee miller is so many of the things that I think are wrong with um, educators and arts educators. Oh, yeah, um, she's all the bad I things. I have experienced in my time, and I'm sure oh, yeah. so many people have experienced. Um, and I think that uh, in a – I know a lot of people that I have met and, and you and um, some of the people we've collaborated with are very much so uh, – cycle breakers in trying to rewrite how Mm -hmm. the arts um, are being uh, kind of delivered and experienced by the next generation to break the things that we were trained to do. Right. Um, And uh, my bad, particularly along the lines of um, consent and what is expected um, and the, the mental aspects of what is okay and not okay and expected and not expected yeah um just because it's been done a certain way doesn't mean it has to continue to be so and i think the conversation we're having here at the end is just you know what is what is okay and not okay to put children through yeah Um, and what's the difference between pushing a child and manipulating a child and what is art and what is exploitation so if we can continue to have those big big questions Mm -hmm. um i think that she does not 
she does not pass any of the vibe checks for (laughs) for me in terms of that and just even how she operates from the very get-go with the concept of putting the the pictures up there and i understand that you know there's we as a society you know do that to ourselves comparison Mm -hmm. is a thief of joy and if you if you put that on to a child at the very beginning of their life they're going to spend their life comparing themselves as we all do right why in why why in the arts where we go to seek solace and to find comfort and to express ourselves why do we automatically set our kids up to compare themselves against each other it's awful it's already competitive we already we're already naturally that way sure yeah um, to wrap it up, what is a song that you think would make a great routine on Dance Moms? And if you can, can you yeah. play it to the microphone? Um, so I, this is, there are so many, there are so many songs. You know what I mean? Like I yes. think I could, I could do it. But um, so the, my most recent like favorite song, I don't mm-hmm. know if you used to it. It's called Pink Pony Club. Oh. By Chappelle Room. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, no, Chappelle Roan. Chappelle Rowan, I hope I'm saying your name right. If you ever hear this, Sorry. I just, you're, you're a goddess and I just want you to know that. Um, so it has just recently shot to like my like top listened. Um, I heard it in the super viral TikTok of um, this couple at their wedding reception and they're dancing to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I love it. It's um, It talks about uh, dancing in a club in mm-hmm. L.A., um, and the girl this, talks yeah. about leaving Tennessee and <gasps> she's going um, and she's going to dance mm-hmm. in L.A. at the Pink Pony Club. And she talks about all oh. she wants to do is dance in her go-go boots oh, cute. at the Pink Pony Club. Um, and so I don't know. Should I play it like from the beginning or like halfway through? What do you think? Uh, just like halfway through. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can find like a good spot. Um, see I'm at a good spot. I feel like there could be lots of turns in this. I love that. So I think it's cool. I think it's got, you know, I like that it, it could be fun costume wise. Mm-hmm. I think it could be themed. It's got some cool. Vibes I love a to song it. to people that people dance to. That's about dancing. Yeah, I love that. I think I it has. That. I think it could be a really themed moment. Yeah, um, and it also has a good chance to kind of break in it. So yeah. it's very. And I think it's also just upbeat. It's. It could be a fun celebration of just why you love dance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just love to dance. That's what you gotta do. And yep. I think you know sometimes we overthink. Yeah. why we love the arts and you just Sometimes gotta just express fun. it and that's kind of what the yeah. song is about it's just like i just have to do this because i have to do mm-hmm. it i yeah, have I to that. go i have to dance i want to be in my go-go boots i want to express myself and i so love that i think it's got a cool a cool synth pop to it and so 
you know, there's a hundred different songs I could put on there, but that right. one has been in my, like my zeitgeist this yeah. week. And I had a couple <laughs> yeah. uh, people asking me, like, what's your song this week? And so I was telling them that. And I was just thinking, I was like, that just could, I could see that for kids just totally. embracing the, why do you love to dance? Because it's fun. And we ask that question a lot. Why do you do what you do? Because I, I love to dance. It's just, I and just want like to, I just like want to dance yeah. in my heels and I be on stage. That. I love that. I picked a song that's similar. I'm, your selection is making me change mine, which is good. I have a really complicated relationship with country music. We are we live right outside of Nashville, and yeah. it is the country music mecca of the world. Um, and country music is oftentimes a vehicle for racism and um, misogyny. So it's hard sometimes to pick country music that's like, oh, I can actually I actually really like this song, you know. Um, and so I have a playlist on Spotify that is a bunch of country music that doesn't make me feel like a racist. Mm -hmm. um, not surprisingly, um, yeah, every single song is by a woman. Um, <laughs> and I am picking the, oh, I'm going to say this name wrong, the Dave Audier, maybe, remix sure. of a song called Fancy by Reba McIntyre. Mm. And it's a song about like, well, I, this is kind of ironic. It's like the 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 child named fancy who's like a very blossoming young child who is having to have relations with men so that she can get her family out of poverty. Yeah. So the message is weird, but the song is really good. So I'm going to play. That's the wrong song. That's the chick. Sorry. I love that song. And Reba, look at this picture of her. Are you kidding Gosh, me? A, a porcelain queen. She looks like she's made out of glass in that picture. She's so beautiful. So anyway, that's the one. That's Gosh, the one I picked. Country music. <sighs> very complicated. Very complicated. Very, very complicated for anybody who's ever yeah. been yeah, not most, been here, but born and raised here. Most of the songs that I have on this playlist of country music are relatively old. Dolly Parton, Shania Twain, Loretta Lynn, Reba McIntyre, Linda Ronstadt, um, and then like Kelly Pickler, Carrie Underwood, Taylor Swift, um, Casey Musgraves, duh. So it's just kind of the chicks, yeah. So my, you just got to be really my selective. My playlist is very much so from like my high school days, back sure. when I was when I had like a country face. Mm -hmm. But this, we've all been there. But it's it was pre bro country right it was right before it it was still like yeah i'm out on my yeah. farm do you yeah. know what i mean as opposed yeah. to like i'm in my pickup Sweet truck there was a dip, it was the yeah. right before the yeah popover yeah do you have any other thoughts before we wrap this up no this was uh my very first podcast my very first dance moms episode <gasps> so um I don't, I've never actually listened all the, like, I don't follow podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've listened to like random episodes of podcasts you're doing until this, yours. You're doing the same thing that you're doing this for the same reason my sister is, which is I bullied you. <laughs> yeah. I pestered both of you to be like, be on my podcast. I have the only two, I've started listening to podcasts this year, yours and Dumois podcast. Um, <gasps> that group has a podcast. She just started it. That is insane. So, you yeah. love her I, on Instagram. I tend to not. <laughs> Truly, I do. I tend to not listen to podcasts because my brain is busy enough on its own that I need silence. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to to keep listening. Um, yes. But yeah, this was fun. Thank you. For I hope doing I don't this. sound like a goober. No, I don't think so. 
Well, you can't sound any more like a goober than me. That's true. Or my uh, the other guests that I have on here. We all sound like goobers all the time, so you'll fit in. Fair enough. <laughs> um, if you want to follow us on social media, all of the social media stuff is in the bumper, the end bumper of this. Um, it's also, I have a link tree in the description, in the show notes of this podcast, so you can follow all the socials from there. Um, if you have thoughts about this episode, you can send me an email. Um, you can email me at the pyramid pod, uh, the pyramid podcast at gmail.com. Um, also I am podcasting with a platform called anchor and anchor has a voicemail function. So if you go to anchor.fm slash pyramid pod, you can leave me a voicemail and I can play it on another episode. Um, and you can hear your own voice and it's really a cool thing. It's a cool function that anchor has built in. So anchor.fm slash the pyramid pod, send me a voicemail. Let me know your thoughts and feelings about all of these things. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week when we talk about when it, the whole episode centers around Dr. Holly cracking skulls, taking names, being an anti-racist. We love to see it. Truly. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Pyramid. You can find us on Instagram at The Pyramid Pod and on Twitter at The Pyramid Pod underscore. Send your thoughts and opinions about Dance Moms as a voicemail to anchor.fm slash pyramid pod or in an email to thepyramidpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.